Welcome back, friends. You are tuned in to the Bones Brigade audio show. I'm your host, Larry, and with me, as always, is Matt. Matt, what's cooking, buddy? Dude, things are good. You know why? Why is that? Oh, you got the new cab shirt. I got the cab shirt. Yeah. And let me tell you, this is the best. This is, oh, you're wearing, you know, see, Larry's wearing his future primitive shirt. Yeah, we got our shirts on. That's we how are much of nerds we are. We're we repping. put on Powell shirts yeah. to talk about Powell videos. This is the best shirt that I've gotten in a long time from Powell in terms of the actual shirt they use. Okay. Uh, not This is kind of nerdy-ish stuff, but like, this is like the best feeling. It's like super soft, really mm. well, nice cut. Like, it's not really like that stiff, heavy kind of t-shirt stuff that they sometimes use. Yeah. So this is a good one. I've I've worn it. I don't want to say how many days in a row I've worn it, <laughs> but it's been a couple. It's been there three. Yeah, yeah, three. So yeah, I got the new shirt. I'm I'm psyched. Got the black one, but I might have to go back for another color. There you go. All right, here we are, episode eighteen. We're finally getting to propaganda. I think the people have been like, yeah, when the heck are you guys going to do propaganda? Yeah. But here we are, and we're going to be joined in a few minutes by uh, Mark Nisbet and Steve Size. Uh, very exciting to have Steve back on the show. And Mark is a great uh, prolific skateboard photographer and filmer. And uh, this is going to be a good one. Absolutely, man. But before we get into them, let's see what else we want to uh, mention. Oh, Mike Santa Rosa had an epic episode on the Nine Club podcast that was really good. I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, super good. His dad used to work at Powell. So he kind of grew right. up as a young kid, like behind the scenes of, you know, those glory days of Powell Peralta in the eighties. Yeah. And then he later, you know, he had a bunch of board sponsors, but later in the nineties ended up being on Powell and super, super cool story. Yeah. I'll have to check it for yeah, sure. It's a good one. And uh, yesterday, as of the time of this recording, that's right. Stacy Peralta had a birthday. We posted up a few things for him, but uh, yeah. Happy birthday. Shout out to Stacy yeah. Peralta. That's a big one right there. Yeah. So, uh, like things have been good. How, how, how have you been? Everything good in your world? I, I hear you're doing a, you're now you, you mentioned last time you're leaving town. Yeah. I got a trip coming up in a couple weeks. What's that all about? Well, I'm going back to my hometown. Some, uh, some of my friends, their old bands are reuniting. Well, I guess maybe one is currently, not, it's not a reunion. They're just still together. But I was thinking, you know, you know, for when they announced the gig, you know, wishful thinking, I was like, oh, that would be fun to go. I haven't been back there in like eight years, see some old friends, see their old bands play that I that I always loved. And finally, you know, I was like, well, maybe I can make it a reality. You know, took the time off work. And so I'm going. And then there's like the day after the gig, there's a uh, they're doing like a live in front of a, I don't know what you would call it, a Q and a panel, like in front of a what band, what band are we talking about here? Oh, this is a, a band called Snapcase. Yeah. And they're kind of celebrating the 25th anniversary of probably their most popular album that came out in 1997. And they have a visual kind of history book that's being released at the show. So there's Ooh, that's a lot of crazy. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they're doing this Q and a panel thing that's going to be recorded for a podcast and they asked me to be part of the panel. So I was like, okay, that's yeah, sure. amazing, yeah. man. That's yeah. super cool. Wow. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I don't know if anyone's going to ask the roadie any questions, but uh, Hey, you never know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Someone might want to know what it was like to sell t-shirts in like, 1995 <laughs> or something at a gig. Yeah. But it's you 
also have a gig coming up. I do. Tell us about that. A long time ago, I was in a like a marginally regionally successful ish punk band. And we're doing a we're doing a reunion show. It's our first time playing together in like almost 20 years. That's awesome. It's at this little place in St. Louis, November 19th. So we're going to bust it out one more time while we're still young enough. That's cool. That should be fun. Yeah. 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 And we've actually spoken how we've probably been at maybe one or two warp tours together at some probably. point. Probably. Because you guys oh, yeah, played the warp tour, right? We did. Yeah. That yeah. was in 90, uh, 98. Yeah. I did. I think Snapcase was on that. that... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. Been, yeah. yeah. So we've been on some fairground somewhere in St. Louis together. How in crazy. 1998. Yeah. 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 Funny, man. Probably, I don't know, concept conceivably other places as well because yeah. i i saw snapcase at uh i want there's a venue called the high i think it was the high point maybe it was that, cicero's i can't remember on the second floor is there a yeah second, second floor, floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 we've been there together yeah okay so i was there yeah we were there too crazy yeah. man yeah. yeah i can't believe we just now put that together <laughs> yeah yeah the high point was awesome man that's a long long gone legendary venue but um, yeah we must have been there a few times because i recognize that name you know, yeah. it's like, oh, back to the high point, St. Yeah. Louis, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So we have to we have to fess up to a to a little g- snafu on our. Oh, end, yeah. I, I had a blooper. Let's talk about the blooper. So you've probably heard us mention in our mailbag segment, you know, we've promoted that you can leave us a voicemail. You know, there's a little microphone button you can record and then we can play it on the show. And I was always under the impression, hey, no one's no one's interested in doing that i guess because (laughs) when we get a regular text email it just it's synced up somehow it just dumps into my regular email so i get it on my phone and then i noticed a little typo on on our website so i went to the back end of the website to fix the typo and usually i don't do that because when we post a new episode it's all kind of synced in to just go out there to go out onto the website too you know just one upload and it goes like all over all over the website or all over the internet and so i was poking around the back end of our website which you know i rarely do and then i was looking i was like oh what is this and there's like we had a a voicemail from back in June, I believe it was. So we want to apologize to that gentleman. And it's kind of outdated. So I don't think we're going to play it because it pertained to a certain thing that's Mm -hmm. already kind of come and gone on the show. But yeah, we're going to end up talking about this gentleman again later on in the episode. We'll keep that a surprise for the end of the show. (laughs) And we will be more diligent. Yes. So now we know where I always thought if somebody did this, I would get it in an email and this audio file would be attached to this email that would, you know, come to my phone or whatever. And like, but no one had ever done it. Yeah. We didn't know how it worked. I guess we should have tested it out how it works. Well, you know, whatever. Now we know where to look. So feel free to blast out those voicemails to us. (laughs) Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, here here we are. We're on the doorstep of propaganda. This is a, uh, this is kind of a, a big one, man. I mean, this is really the end of, the classic era of mm-hmm. the, of, I mean, of the videos. I mean, I, you know, you can make a case for eight, you know, mm-hmm. I guess, and some of the stuff that came after it, not like it's bad. Yeah. But as far as the, uh, the box set lineup. Yeah. You know, the videos after this one, they definitely get a little bit different after this. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy to kind of already be at the, uh, the end of the box set. 
as yeah. far as the show goes. Although I, I kind of assumed we would have been at the end of the box set like four months ago, but we've managed to postpone yeah, it. We're, yeah, we've been <laughs> stretching it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling this might turn into a multi-parter similar long to video band this yeah it's their longest yeah. one it's longer yeah. than band this it's almost yeah. 90 minutes long yeah pretty wild lots of uh lots of parts and uh lots of stuff to talk about especially yep. with these two on board so yeah well heck you know why don't we just get right to it so it. uh ladies and gentlemen please welcome mark nisbet and steve size to the show thank you so much guys for joining us today See that, Steve? I got top billing. Yeah, top well, billing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so, a little schmuck boy in the corner, so just throw me a treat when you want me to answer something. Take take <laughs> that, <right>. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we can start with how you two guys know each other, a couple of Long Beach boys, right? Yep, skateboarding. I just remember when I was kind of coming up and just, you know, skating all over Long Beach, Lakewood, and everywhere, and... Uh, Mark and his crew of guys that were kind of just skating around, uh, which I don't know when we started to first meet, maybe it was at the skate shop, Eldorado skate shop. That's where I met a lot of people in the area. I don't know if it was there, but then I know Mark and I, we all just started kind of skating together. And that's how I kind of met Mark because we're just, we always end up showing, going to the same spots and started hanging out skating. And Mark was always filming, which I never got because Mark was always really good. And I thought he would have gone maybe more the competitive route or something like that. But halfway through a session, he would do something I would never understand. He'd stop skating and start filming. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like, why is this guy every time? Like half of the time skate, half of the time film. And then he started making these videos. It's like 508 crew videos of everybody. And he put them together just with with whatever he had, like um, video equipment, tracking things back and forth and uh yeah, I just started making uh, videos. And then Mark and I just started hanging out. And he's like, hey, you want to go shoot something? I'm like, yeah, totally. Let's go or whatever. You know, so I, Mark, I mean, you, how did, how did we first meet? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, because I had, I had met uh, our friend Albert at the Saturday sessions, the church. And um, he introduced me to you guys, to you and your brother. And yeah, then, that's uh, right. I think uh, it was actually the, the same day I met Rob Gonzalez. And then we, we went to, um, Went to haters, I think, or not haters. We went to um, rock walls. I think that same day. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we just kept skating. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, you had a quarter pipe at your house too, right? That a lot of people would come in session. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because I didn't high school until like forever, actually, until like seven, eight, ten years or something. Oh wow. And uh, lots of people because uh, I grew up with Ron Chapman, and he lived down the street, and he brought like uh, Jason Lee and Jeremy Klein and. Just all those dudes over. Crazy. I think Ron Chapman's checkout in Transworld is even on your quarter pipe or something like that. Oh, yeah, so his cool. and uh, his and Jeremy Klein's. Oh, wow, shot that's by awesome. Spike. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and Spike. Yeah. I remember after they left, he, Spike called me and I was like, he said he left his watch there and he seemed really stressed about it. <laughs> and I, so I'm like, it must have been like a Rolex or something. He's just super stressed about it. And I was like, yeah, just come get it. <laughs> like, you know, I like one of those thrasher watches where the hands fall off uh-huh <laughs> i like the i like the skater on the hand or whatever uh-huh. on the, yeah i just didn't get it oh my gosh <laughs> that's a, yeah i remember seeing those photos going like damn you have some good sessions going on thanks for thanks for the call <laughs> yeah i don't know people just show up yeah even like yeah. i heard day one skated it i i wasn't 
I never saw that. People just come by because it's in the alley, so yeah, you know, anybody could skate it. So did you ever? Did you ever session the uh, Steve's ramp? No, I didn't. I think I think we caught the I caught the tail end of that ramp. I think when I first met him, he still had it, and then it was like gone like shortly after. That was a vert ramp initially, right? And then you had to cut it down. Yeah, that's when it was good. It was a vert ramp for a couple years, and then we had to close it, cut it down, and then for a couple months it got cut down. But it sucks because the footage I used was of that ramp. It was like a nine and it was a nine and nine foot transition ramp which was great. And then they cut it down. We cut it down to like six and a half, which just sucked because the transition was too big mm. and I hated it. And it's just, that's the footage that the, you see in videos and stuff. I think it was mm -hmm. skate TV or something. Yeah. Skate TV. Was, yeah. But yeah, when it was vert, it was like, that's when it was good and proper. But And the city made you basically like just take it out altogether. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was insurance. They came by that property and oh. I don't know, maybe one of my neighbors complained about it or something after a couple of years and I think that's what happened. We had to tear it down. We just made it smaller and they came back again. They're like, no, it's still way too big. So we're like, <laughs> didn't you record the skate sounds for Stacy on that ramp? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, we did. It's so funny. Cause uh, my, my name's in the credits of, was it, um, what's that video uh, gleaming the cube. And everyone's like, wait, I don't see you skating down the hill or anything like that. No. Well, what I did is I did all the, um, the audio for it. Uh -huh. Stacy just thought I had the perfect look for, movies but only in the audio section so, <laughs> so if they needed the dub in a 50 50 Ooh. grind what we're hearing yeah. is you but we're seeing yeah. mike mcgill wow that's crazy yeah it's funny too because stacy was so i worked with the 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 sound crew i think they did jaws and movies like that so i worked they wanted a library filled up of all these skate sounds so literally for weeks we went to like there was one time when i was down behind a station wagon one of craig's tested station wagons going 50 miles an hour down the hill that they used to slide, trying to skid my tail hanging out the back end of this thing. And no no harness, no nothing, just wow. me out the back. And at first I'm going like, oh, dude, I'll totally do that. But then when you're literally sitting out the back of a station wagon, Stacy's got the sound, so he can't hold me. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm holding onto the back of the car going 50 miles an hour and then trying to skid your tail doing that and getting speed wobbles. Go, oh, shit. All of a sudden, this is reality. <laughs> it was like gnarly. Wow. Uh, but wow. It, yeah, they were so like, it, I remember McGill doing those. I didn't like them, but the um, hand plants, you know, where you double, you you kind of go over a channel, you put your hand down, and you put your hand down again. Yeah. Like yeah. I was doing that on my ramp without a channel. And they're like, well, we got to get that hopping sound off the ramp. I go, really? <laughs> that makes That's a sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So, but yeah, we did like all the, you know, like Tony, I remember when they were teaching me like, Tony's a um, a Pizza Hut or, or a Shakey's mm -hmm. delivery guy, and he's clicking up his board, and they're showing me like, oh, we need that clicking sound on that concrete with that wood, all that stuff. They were so specific. Wow, wow. So, that was amazing. it. Was cool. It's really educational to like actually see how they do that part of of movies, like how much everything is added in, every little nuance of somebody walking, their shoes, the type mm -hmm. of shoes, whether it's raining, and yeah. So wow. that, it was. It was pretty rad to get paid for that, but I was going to be Christian Jacobs double, but I was too, a guy just surfed and I had upper body and Christian Jacobs was the smaller skinny kid. So Mike Valley ended up being his double. That's right. And yeah. I ended up being sound boy. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Sound boy, Steve size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always wondered what happened to that Mike McGill freestyle board that they made for that movie. That <laughs> that'd Rodney be, that'd be a collector's item. Someone out oh, there has to have it. Stacy might, or I don't know. Yeah, Stacy must have it or something, I bet. Yeah. 
so Mark, you actually filmed some stuff for propaganda. Is that correct? That's right, right? Yeah, because of, uh, I guess because of Steve. That's uh, cool. It was weird because I remember just one day he was like, hey, we're going to go down to Stacy's office or whatever. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. And uh, we went down there and um, I think it was in Burbank or something probably. Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Yeah. yeah. And we just went in and like he had a station set up for the skaters to like come in and like duplicate their, like put their tape in and tape their trips tricks on another tape. Mm -hmm. And then that would be his tape he used for like going through footage to make parts. And then he had like a, at his station, he had a huge like big screen TV and then all his, you know, fancy controls that you see in the videos or whatever. And he was just really nice. And he showed us some Frankie Hill, like Frankie Hill part. And I was just like, there's this one clip where Frankie Hill board slides down this huge ledge and it's like a brick ledge. Mm hmm and it's at um it's actually the school uh, my wife went to but uh i was just like it was gnarly and i after watching the video just today like i realized that it's not in the video this trick that i remember for years i just realized today that it's not actually in the video yeah i and, think um, i know what you it's, it's in, in a later video i know what you're talking about because he he ollies up and it's like because it's brick it's like real slow yeah. and he kind of just gradually gets faster and faster going down it yeah is that in like the next video or something? yeah one like of the next tro couple tropical of fish or something yeah <laughs> so what segments anyway, I just, did you have have clips in and then maybe we could talk about them in uh, detail so, when we kind of get there when we go through the video yeah i filmed steve and i have some clips of um frankie hill in the um sleepover section okay oh, oh the i don't know if I don't know if you know that's a sleepover, like the skate park section with all the people in it. Yeah, I think they title it like Powell Peralta Sleepover Party or something like that. Okay. The skate zone, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so I, uh, but uh, all the clips that I filmed that are in that part were like just us skating at the skate zone on a different day. And they just um, cut it in into that section kind of thing. Yeah. I remember when you told me that you, you filmed summer propaganda, I was blown away. We were on uh, one of those road trips that we were on and then we watched it together mm. on a little... Before oh, smartphones, yeah. we watched it on the little portable DVD player. On the, we both had our headphones on watching it. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, the it's funny. The last clip in the the last clip in that part is mine. It's Steve coming up, and it's like his silhouette mm -hmm. um, coming up the the whatever the the box, the pyramid. Yeah. And uh -huh. um, it was like that because we were filming, and then they were shutting down the skate zone, so they kept like shutting off different sections of lights uh -huh. <laughs> to try to get us to leave and so like right when steve ollies they turn off all the lights but he uh -huh. doesn't show that uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. well, that's right yeah it's like just turns off i'm like oh what the hell thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey i remember look so albert montez had some clips mixed in there with us you didn't shoot did you shoot any of that stuff of albert or no I show at the at the sleepover stuff. Yeah, he does like a backside so flip over the hip. but not the stuff at like uh, Belmont, right? No, that was all. Um, Robert. What's his name Robert. Yeah, with his uh, yeah, it was Robert because mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. he had the rollerblades. I heard yeah. about. The Were you with us that day? No, I was supposed to be with you, but I don't never. I don't know. Yeah, I I yeah. I just remember, I do remember Albert calling me one day and saying, "Hey, can you go skate or whatever?" And you go skate with Steve and like no i gotta work or whatever and he was like insistent and i was like no dude i gotta work but he never said oh we're gonna go film for the pal video oh yeah oh, so you could have been in propaganda skateboarding that would have been awesome yeah wow take albert Maybe. out yeah. and and put niz in there 
<laughs> yeah. It was the first day that I was supposed to start uh, filming for my parts. So we skated Belmont. He did the Huntington Rail when they just built mm. a new parking lot at the cliffs, which was that was super sketchy because there wasn't really a deck on top. Uh, and then we went to was it Rockwalls? And we, yeah, we skated all these things like in a day, and then they cut it up into a, a multiple part, which sucked. But you know, yeah, it was rad that they put like able to have Albert in there too. I remember going to Rockwalls. Like we we went to several spots for you to practice. I remember, yeah. and we went to yeah. Rockwalls, and you would steal all our tricks. <laughs> we would do a trick and then you'd like learn it right there and then like oh, in, like a video <laughs> yeah <What> a dick <laughs> like a, it was like a step like a specifically i think it's like a step off front side step off like pivot around and come back in or something i don't know oh, i just remember that's just funny <laughs> yeah and then that then that rail there's the story of that the rail that you did in huntington where he used the shot of the guy, the surfer standing next to you where you caveman instead of you ollie to it. Yeah. Which was like a big deal back then. I was bummed because I go there and I tried it one time and I just go, hey, don't film this, whatever. And then, so then I did the next, I did two after that where I ollie to it, but I wanted him to film the top of it because we had to put like a, a sheet of wood or something so you can actually roll to go slide it. And I was like, it was sketchy. And it was like, first time I did a railing that long with a kink at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, boom, made it, rad. And I go, did you get it? Said, oh, no, no, we got it, we got it, we got it. And then I see the footage and it's like the surfer and then into that thing. And I go, what the, where's the good, yeah, but oh. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's always every skater's part is like, I, w- I wish you would have got this one instead of that one sort of thing. Yeah it's always the way yeah. but i get i get it as an editor i see what why he would do that but yeah that's like that's like a double edit situation where you use both yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you see it as good but it's like that's the other part it's like the skater has i want to show the best trick and i don't care about the quality you know kind of thing and then yeah. skateboarding yeah. especially because street we were there in the beginning of when street started evolving and you didn't know what it was. It still was like, there were still so many boundaries that hadn't been crossed yet. Like what public domain was one of the first times handrails got seen in a video, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, just the, even the, for people and the way Stacy, he was into, he was a storyteller, like a great editor, storyteller, and you didn't know where it was going to go. You know, uh, there, there was some ledge thing that I skated this one school that I got racked on by Los Feliz and he was like stop doing that because you're going to kill yourself <laughs> I was like no I want to get this let's come back later you know but it was like back then it was like no you got it if you can't do it in three tries he's like you can't do it mm. <laughs> kind of thing you know but that That's was crazy there's no way to know back then that video parts are going to be so such a big part of someone's career and what they were doing was like the best of the best which you can't just always get it in like one try Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like that. So yeah, it's, it's how insane can actually what they're doing now. It's like, oh, it takes a little, a little longer than than <laughs> one or two tries. Yeah. So, and Mark, you're still you're still filming a lot of skate stuff too, right? I mean, because I know you're a photographer now, and you're doing a lot of you do like like a lot a lot of editing stuff of just other things too. But you still do like a lot of skate stuff too, right? Yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm working over doing stuff at Ace Trucks. Um, I don't know if you know Justin Justin Reynolds. Yeah, totally, totally. Just from Reynolds will do it. Because uh, uh, our friend Joey Pulsifer um, is part of the company now, him and Shrugi. And so, yeah, and, uh, and uh, so I've just been over there, like, working with the young guys, which are, like, 
super nice, way nicer than the 90s. You know the 90s where everyone hated each other? <laughs> everyone, all the skaters vibed each other. Yeah, everyone was yeah. cool, all cool guy. Super, yeah, these guys, the young guys are so nice and just like incredible. Like they grew up playing Tony Hawk. They're not scared. <laughs> They're not scared of anything. Every day you come in thinking like these guys are going to put some hate on me. Like, oh, dude. And the other thing is they don't they don't wait. You know, like in the old days, it's like, OK, I'm getting the camera out. And then like you wait for the guy to like get ready to film these kids. They just go and then, then they do it like second or first or second try. And then you yeah. miss it. And you're just like, dude. They're, yeah, they're just I mean, the, the skill level is, is insane now, too. You know, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing like way back when skating with like Raleigh back when he was coming up and he first came to the States and there was tricks or there was lines. I go like, well, this is you're not going to be able to do that. Like and, and they were just like like Mark Johnson. I remember they were so damn consistent and good. I go, oh, wow, you can actually do all these technical tricks over and over and over again, like so perfect and flawless. You know, yeah. Kids yeah. nowadays, it's yeah. like, man, I'm glad I grew up in the generation I did. It was so much easier. <laughs> yeah i mean i just skate with people like mark and stuff and just steal all their tricks i didn't have to think about anything <laughs> yeah we, we also didn't have skate parks to, to practice on either yeah we were just like yeah. out there in the wild so my buddy mike nelson skater and designer guy down in san diego he posted a picture all right i posted a picture and he's like yeah remember our skate parks our, our free skate parks were basically ditches with curbs on top Exactly. That was our skate park. Besides ditches or, or handrails or parking lots, or whatever. But that was our free skate parks. It's so true. So before we go deep on propaganda, I thought, you know, this video is released in 1990. So we've kind of entered a whole new decade here. It's no longer the 80s are over. And uh, Paul Peralta kind of invented the skate video and dominated the market. But by 1990, um, you know, a lot of other companies have entered the market. I thought I would name a few. Santa Cruz has videos. H Street has Shackle Me Not and Hocus Pocus. I think by this time, World Industries had come out with uh, Rubbish Heap. I think there's even probably a New Deal uh, video at this time. So is this changing the way Powell Peralta is making videos at this point, do you think? You know, influenced by other videos? Or are they trying to compete or are they still just doing their thing? I think it was changing a little bit, but they were still kind of sticking to their high quality value but they, you started to see a little bit more of like taking someone's footage like mark the way he was shooting which was video right mark yeah that was all video super vhs yeah yeah so uh that kind of footage was now being allowed because you know you can't there's so many skaters on the team too but like now to capture it had to be like that and what h street did they basically they were so about here's the trick we don't care about the quality of the video it was all about the tricks and i think that was apparent with that kind of footage starting to come out too, you know, but they still try to do the high end, end of it. And then also the, the, the new generation was kind of things were, were changing over too. So yeah, I think the, I just saw there was just a big change there. You know? well, it seems like they dropped the thing where like when you guys did rubber boys where you, you filmed for a couple of days and they, and he wanted you to wear the same clothes, you know, like make it look like it was a one day thing. Like there's several yeah. parts in propaganda where it's like, you know, just stuff that was shot on different days and, you know, people were wearing, weren't wearing the same thing. And they were kind yeah, of- Yeah, that was just the evolution. Yeah. Now right. it's like, it, it, it doesn't matter because you don't need the the continuity of like, let's make something beautiful of this going into one trick, into the other trick, into the other. I remember Stacy telling me like, you know, filming stuff, you try to keep one direction here, 
do maybe an ollie over something and then the direction going somewhere else. So he was really trying to tell a story mm -hmm. even, or even remember, just of a lot. Yeah, I remember you telling me that he said to tell me to let you roll out of the screen after a trick because it's easier to cut that way, which is yeah. something I use all the time <laughs> still. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think Stacy was making, you know, he's making more of a movie than like the, the skate rats out there. You're just rolling around trying to get tricks. And like he was trying to make like a high end production movie. And yeah. I mean, with the 16 and like all the film and actors and <laughs> it's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. Like that he like that it went from, I mean, he was the really the first to do any of that, even to make the skate videos. Yeah. Yeah, like some of the first videos, like Lance going out skating on the street, which I think was the one of the things that really made push street skating. Was it like the not before Future Primitive? What's the video before Future Primitive? Um, Let's video show. The video show, yeah. When when Lance was skating down the street, and I were like Doom Pastors, we talked about this before, and he mentioned it that he was he was the first guy to actually. I it was like the beginning of street skating, like somebody that was that rad could go. Oh, I'm gonna go out and do board slides like him. I, I kind of was going, that's kind of the beginning of street skating, like going, oh, we can all go out and, you know, maybe try to do wall rides or board slides like Lance. And, you know, it just kind of, we can be closer to being somebody like him, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, Stacy storytelling right there, you know, which is amazing. All right. So propaganda is Bones Brigade video seven. It was released on VHS in 1990, has a running time of 80 minutes. And it premiered on November 10th, 1990 at the Powell Peralta headquarters in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, executive producer George Powell, produced by Stacey Peralta, directed by Stacey Peralta and Craig Stesick, screenplay by Jim Fitzpatrick, and it was adopted from his four-part miniseries. <laughs> Director of photography Robert Cotilla, filmed by, and it was only credited with last names, uh, Peralta, Cotilla, Stesick, Hoffman, Mountain, Hawk, Harris, Fitz, Messman, Goodman, Smith, Dunbar, Underhill, Lasik, and Mortimer. So I think they forgot Nisbet in there somehow. What the hell? Yeah. And it was edited by Stacy Peralta and Robert Cotilla. So Steve, do you remember what? anything about the premiere at the, uh, the Powell headquarters? I think they showed it in a really small room and they kind of showed it like all day. Like they would let us just like a few people in at a time. Cause it was such a small room. Yeah. I got it. I don't re really remember the, I remember the band. This premiere was huge. I don't, I don't even know if I was there for that one. Maybe I was. I don't remember that one. <laughs> I think it was after one of the, like an amateur contest at the skate zone. And then they, they showed it. Yeah. I must've been there for that. I, that does sound familiar. Yeah. But it wasn't like the, the, the invite the is like that. screen printed on a paper lunch, lunch sack. I don't know if that rings a bell at all. Oh, get invited. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, did you go to it? No, no, I never went to any of the premieres. Yeah, because I think if we would have gone, we would because we go up to the skate zone and stuff all the time too, that we would have been going together. So, yeah, it seems like something that would have happened, but yeah. maybe, I mean, since you don't remember it, maybe you didn't go either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they, they premiered it. I, I mean, they, they had a showing in St. Louis of propaganda. Oh, really? They did like a touring type? I think they, they might have premiered it in a, a few cities, and they definitely brought it back here and it, and it played at this place called the People's Theater. 
But didn't in the in the uh, what's it called in the version that's on YouTube? Doesn't Stacy say that it premiered in like a like a, an old theater or something like that? Was he missed? He... I think he's wrong. I think that one he's talking about uh, public domain. And this maybe or ban or, this. Yeah, yeah. Ban this. Yeah, ban this was a pretty big premiere because I remember that we were in St. Louis around St. Louis and we jumped around a bunch of locations with everybody like Tony and Lance and Stacy and Stesic and Dennis Dragon and Ray Barbie and Ray Underhill and we're there for like I don't know maybe four days did the premiere and then Ray Barbie and I went to Europe and we're in Europe for like five weeks doing video premieres every night you know, all over every big city in Europe that, that oh, was wow. just, yeah the level of skateboarding then because it was such a global thing which it seems like it's happening again but you know we're doing these premieres to like 2,000 3,000 people you know like you know, Madrid and Paris and you know in London and uh yeah it was just going on and that that was the weirdest tour because when we skate on tour we usually get skating like almost every day getting work this time was we it was hard to break away to actually go skate and it was like one big party after another yeah. every night it was it was <laughs> just it was such a crazy video premiere what they put into it like all over you know just all over the world that they were doing this so yeah w way different than what <laughs> yeah i don't even remember the propaganda premiere really so yeah it seems like it was it. starting to get scaled back a little bit yeah skating was starting to go underground again and then evolve into like a harder core street uh side of things you know mm -hmm. which is kind of amazing in itself too steve was uh Stacy kind of just filming all all the time or was there like a considerate like a point where it's just like okay that video's out now we're on to the next was it just known like there's going to be another video or there'd be like a, a meeting about that or how would you find yeah, out I, like the next video's coming it's time to film I mean I used to go and hang out at his office a lot I used to love going over there and but it just seems like he was always probably filming always editing whether it was like something that was going to be for a trade show thing or dealing with you know the branding or ads but everybody was doing new tricks or new whatever so Stacey was either shooting stuff or filming stuff or it just seems like it was a non-stop thing you know it's like mm -hmm. after one premiere it just seems like well start a new one you know and just yeah just was always he was always doing that mm -hmm. so to to everybody any uh general thoughts on propaganda in general i know a big like tommy guerrero's gone at this point that's like a big big thing and also we don't have kevin harris or uh per wellander is no longer in this one so things are changing here a little bit with some oh, wow. of the kind of the bigger names from the earlier videos yeah wow that's surprising about parent and and kevin too Sk yeah skating was definitely changing too I, I know i know for me and i was already getting on the track of my kind of skate competitive career was kind of slowing up because i was always hurt i don't mark if you remember this but it always seemed like I was on for a while and then I would hurt my knee and then be off and then would come back. And I remember one time, like towards the end, one of my last really bad knee injuries with my ACL was I was off for months. When the first day I go skate, I go skate with Mark and these guys somewhere like in Bellflower and everybody was starting to skate and they're skating ledges and stuff. And I remember alling over, you know, like those little baseball diamonds and they have like kind of a the little ledge steps and they have like a fence at the end so i was just trying to ollie over this thing and then land on the other side i ollied over and just like my back knee slid out again of my tail and just ripping out my acl again you know and just oh painful and just sitting there and everybody's still skating and i'm just like in pain just going like and then having to watch everybody just still skate too it's like fuck this again 
It uh-huh. just like it just it was an on off on off. So during propaganda era, that's where it was kind of like I just felt like, oh man, it's, it was just hard to kind of come back and keep up too. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was that 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 was a, that was a sore sore point in my career. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was always a bummer when you like you'd hurt your hurt yourself like with the yeah. there was I was there uh, probably more than a couple of times when your knee like got jacked again and you yeah. started wearing that like that crazy robotic knee brace thing. Yeah, so yeah, it's always yeah, it it, it was always fun, but yeah, not to, those, those times are kind of like well, you gotta you gotta pay to play and yeah, I wish the, I wish the knee would have lasted at least going into the '90s a little bit too, because it just seemed fun. But yeah, that's uh, that that's weird. That wasn't the, in uh, my cards. <laughs> the cards weren't in for me. So was there like a like an initial injury that happened that set that whole knee going down in motion? Yeah, I think uh, probably '87. Went back to '87, two weeks before I got my first PAL tour. Uh, skating down at Belmont and some guys there's those ledges there but they guys yeah set up a launch ramp they're jumping over bikes and I ended up like they were setting up more and more bikes so I'm doing these big 360 things over them they got like seven or eight bikes and you know when you start doing distance like an evil Knievel thing you get put another bike or another board or something just a little further away and then your brain goes like oh I can't go that far that's far now but I was like hauling ass spun around and then my back foot just did that thing where it just slips off uh, the the tail and I ended up that was the first rip that I had and I went mm-hmm. to go see a doctor and they were like well you maybe I don't know about surgery quite yet but I just stayed off it for two weeks and then went on tour and was able to start skating in and uh get by it but yeah I wish I wish back then I would have like taken care of it but there was no way I was going to miss like my first pal tour you know it's like mm-hmm. and it wasn't so apparent to me about how important like knee injuries like that actually were yeah. you know nobody that i knew before that had really had like that kind of a, a, a rip so, so matt yeah. any general thoughts on the video or do you remember how you first got it no you know i don't i i just bought it at splash you know when it came out i did not go i don't know why there was something there was some reason why that i i couldn't make that you know, that St. Louis premiere, but I did not, I didn't end up going to that. Although I do have the flyer for it here. I managed to keep one of those from the, from the skate shop. Uh-huh. Splash was involved again in bringing it here. No, I don't know. It, it was one of those videos that I, you know, at the, at that point in time, you know, like, I, like you were saying so much was changing. We're a year away from video days, you know, coming out and like, you know, I'm watching Hocus Pocus a ton and, you know, I mean, I still love Powell and I'm still, I'm sure I'm probably still skating like a Barbie or a size or something like that at this uh-huh. point in time. But, um, you know, it's like, I don't know, propaganda didn't, I loved it. I got it. I, you know, I liked it. It didn't quite hit me the same way that the previous few had, you know, cause public domain and ban this are just like in my DNA mm-hmm. propaganda, like a little less so. But it's, you know, like anything else back then, you just have to, like, be appreciative of what you have. And, like, a, a new skate video was always, you know, is always on the playlist back then because there was no other, you didn't have any other options besides skate TV Yeah, <laughs> at that point mm-hmm. in time. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a Powell video, but definitely, uh, you know, definitely the, the last, you know, of the sort of, like we were saying earlier, kind of like the classic era of Powell videos. Yeah, for sure. Mark, any uh, memories of you first getting the video and maybe, you know, seeing your footage in a Paul Peralta video? That would probably be pretty exciting, right? Uh, yeah, I remember we, uh, I saw it at El Dorado Skate Shop for the first time. I think 
I don't know if Steve was there. Can you used to work there, Steve? No, I, I tried to work there one time, like in junior high. Literally went in there, a bunch of surf guys with a tie and everything with my resume. That's enough. <laughs> I know our friend Albert. Our friend Albert worked there for a while. I think, I think Albert worked there, yeah. I just yeah. hung out there a bunch. Yeah, but we saw it at the skate shop. It was pretty mm -hmm. wild. And then uh, I have uh, I have stuff at the very, you know, after credit stuff, too, of Steve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's almost like a whole nother video after the credits. That, to me... That's my favorite part of the whole video is the oh, after wow. the credits section. Yeah. Okay. Cause as a video maker, like, like <laughs> for me, I want that to be there cause that has my footage in it. But as a video maker, that should just be cut. <laughs> the whole <laughs> section should just be cut. You <laughs> think so? Oh, I thought, I think it's great. I mean, it's, I mean, well, yeah, it gives you more, uh, more for your money for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one's pretty bloated. It's very long. It's almost, you know, like an hour and a half long. It's, got like 42 different segments in it or something it's pretty Holy. crazy yeah <laughs> yeah it's gnarly but uh i got this one for christmas 1990 so i got public domain christmas 88 banned this christmas 89 and and, and then now propaganda i thought this was just going to continue for the rest of my life the new powell video every christmas life's going to be great but this was kind of the the end of that so it's pretty sad and a kid i sat with at lunch I guess he got it like a week before Christmas and it wasn't a Christmas gift. He just bought it. So he would come in and he would like, tell me about it. And I was getting spoilers. And I remember him just always talking about uh, Colin McKay's part, how crazy it was. He's like, okay, there's a ramp that goes, you know, it's angled like this. And he comes from over here and does this trick and ends up over there. I was like, I can't even process what you're telling me right now because it just sounded too crazy the way he was explaining it. Oh, right. Colin's part was rad. He just was such a little ripper too. Yeah, I love the style, even back then. He's insane in that video. Let's pop in the tape, and uh, we'll we'll go uh, scene by scene on this thing. So the video starts out with the classic Bones Ripper animated opening, and that was animated by Chris Buczynski, and the laugh is voiced by uh, VCJ. And if you yeah. tune into our... Uh, search for animal chin episode we kind of do a deeper dive on chris buczynski because it uh, that intro first premiered or first shows up on the animal chin episode and i think this is the last time we see it is in this video right here which is kind of interesting and then we go into a cold open of lance mountain i don't even know uh how to describe this he's hanging out on a street corner and he's off for a skate and then loses his skateboard at some point and he's just chasing down his board does anyone have any insight on what might be going on here does is there a story here is there a message i'm not quite sure what is he the is it the one because i don't have in front of me i should probably pull it up is it the one where he's got the headband and he's doing the yeah. 70s stuff yeah and he's bored down the street and then mm -hmm. the dog initially gets it no the board goes flying into the tv and smashes the so that's like the smashing tv segment yeah i remember i, I think it was kind of making fun of his other parts sort of thing, like skating around or doing whatever. And then it was just like new generation into the, into the TV thing. And, you know, an homage to like Stacy breaking the set, you know, mm -hmm. with the first video, you know, when he pulls the board out of the, yeah. you know, yeah. the thing, but that was my take on it anyway. That's, that's interesting. I never thought of that. Um, Lance is wearing a, a mad dog bowl t-shirt 
which is uh, which was a skate park in London, England. And Lance went there in 1979 and got that shirt. And the bowl is named Mad Dog Bowl is named after Tony Elva, which is pretty interesting. Oh, so I remember yeah. thinking like, OK, he got the shirt in 79 and now it's 1990. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that shirt is so old. Right. <laughs> but it's only like oh, 11 dude. years old at that point. Uh, and I now I have, have shirts that are like 40 years old, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty funny. You've seen that, like where he, you know, grabs the nose and does and runs like he's going to hop on and he just keeps yep. going and going. Like that's mm -hmm. been like parodied to death in, yep. since the advent of social media. It's like, I don't know if people realize, like, you're not that creative. Lance Mountain did that like 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Where he's just like dragging the tail like yeah. he's about to jump on. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> and I noticed when the board goes flying into the TV and there's like a little newscaster you can hear is like the news is on. Where he's like, skateboarding was outlawed, you know, today in the city of, and then the board crashes in. But it sounds like to me, uh, D. David Morin, aka uh, Bob Burbanks from Weekend Today. So he's he's doing little sound bites. He's back doing sound bites in the videos. You know, when I watched this, I had to rewind when he goes over that grass hill and bails. Mm -hmm. I just kept rewinding that because he, it's like so good how he does it perfectly. Like how his board just slips right out. Yeah, and he slides on the grass kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I love this shape. I love this era for, for board shapes, though. It's like mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Like the Doughboy shape that I think he was writing at that point in time. Like this is the best era for board shapes ever. It just was. It's better than yeah. today. And this neighborhood he's cruising through, it kind of looks like the neighborhood from the scooter race and band this. Does it? Any of probably Silver Lake. Yeah, probably behind Stacy's studio somewhere. Yeah, yeah, because all the hills back there, that's where we did the scooter thing. And yeah, I just noticed it over the years. I go, oh, he just popped over the other side of the hill and did his video part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. did little, little outtakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, we he used this parking lot. I remember we did a, a, a golf skit thing, and that was just right there in his, right outside, mm -hmm. you know? And just watching the LA, I just watched the, one of the LA documentary thing. No, the LA Boys uh, documentary. And yeah, basically, no, go across the street, just skate the little benches, skate whatever, you know, mm -hmm. just was there. And was That's right. Yeah, the, the golf thing was in his parking lot, right? Yeah. Wasn't it in yeah. his parking lot? Yeah. Oh, was that just <laughs> the parking lot of his studio? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how funny, amazing. dude. I can't remember, but we tried to, uh, you can see like a restaurant sign on the building next door. And I tried to Google that restaurant to see where that was. And I don't think it exists anymore. It's, it's, it, there's, it? there's a bar that everybody goes to. It's called, I think it's just Cha Cha's. Yeah, um, Cha Cha Lounge or something like that, right? Yeah, Cha Cha Lounge. It's there. And it's funny, uh, Clint Peterson's a friend of mine and he does useless wooden knowledge. Mm -hmm. And he just hit me up like super late. He's like, they were all having a bet on what side of the street Stacy's uh, studio was. And I was like, they thought it was all across the street from Cha Cha's. I go, no, Cha Cha's bar right there, you know. Like Atiba and those guys, the DJ there all the time, which is like skate, you know, whatever cool bar, mm -hmm. and then little alley and the, or little yeah, little driveway, Stacy's office, and then there's the parking lot, and there's like this record store right there too. But yeah, it's, it's all right there. Were you bummed that you didn't get a trick in the Greater Gutter Open? Yeah, you had to play the caddy. You were the caddy. What's up with that? I, no, it just it just kind of it just kind of points out where where I was in the totem pole with the <laughs> <laughs> I was the caddy. <laughs> At least Tony used Tony used your board, I think, didn't he? Yeah, I think Tony he's used going my board. for the thirty-one. <laughs> yeah. I was just so it was just so rad, like to be around. If you're around Lance, he was hilarious doing these little skits. 
and then Tony was too, and just underhill. But I was just always so stoked when Tony put on those glasses, and and I go, Stacy, how are you not poking through his glasses because he doesn't have a lens in there? And he's like, that's a great idea. I was so stoked that he actually had the thing where Tony scratches his eye in between his glasses. I go, yeah. wrote that. That's my joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to get like credited for that in the credits. Yeah, I, I, it just seems like that would be awesome if somebody would have been filming the whole time, like with those guys. And we would do the scooter thing. I remember it was like, I think Tommy Guerrero was there with Lance, and just those guys back scene. Like you, you were just, you're just laughing the whole time. It was like the best day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so fun. Well, we just had Peter McEwen on our last episode, and he was there for some of the scooter stuff just as like a, I don't think he filmed, but maybe just a production assistant for the day. And he said it was originally for a trade show and the booth yeah. was called um, club Crete, like a Vegas casino. And he said, there's, they filmed everybody in the race. They filmed them winning. And then mm-hmm. at the trade show booth, you could bet who was going to be the next winner, which is, I thought was pretty interesting. Cause you know, you just see band this and you think it, you know, Lance wins, but everybody won at some point, I guess. So they filmed that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we we all did a like they just did and clipped it together and they, they were people were betting on it. I said they, I think they had this carnival thing and there were roulette tables and but everybody would bet on who was going to win the next race. So it's, it depends on what little you know who put in what to, to who was going to actually win the race. So, so yeah, they were, they were, is that the is that the is that the one where Lance gets poked in the eye by Lance <laughs> Jr.? Son. Yeah. Okay, so that's why he picked that Lance to win then. <laughs> yeah, that one's too <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if if you want something to try to find, try to find each of those guys winning because I think I don't know if Colin McKay was there maybe Bucky Chet Thomas, Tommy Guerrero, Lance Mountain, Ray uh, Underhill was no, no Barbie. Wasn't. Barbie. Well, Bray, Bar- oh, Barbie was there. Yeah. yeah. And who else? I myself. Stacy. But Lance, Stacy. But yeah, everybody ends up winning one. So that'd be funny. Track those down. Yeah, they <laughs> should. Uh, they should put that out online. I, I'd imagine they still have all that footage. No oh, good. I think. Yeah, I think I heard they have a room. I saw somewhere they have a room with all the tapes in it. Because I remember commenting like, uh, if they could like look for my tape because I never got it back. <laughs> <laughs> Larry's been in that room, I believe. Yeah, that was, I took, I went to Powell a couple times and that was one of the, I think three rooms they wouldn't let me take photos in for some reason. It'd be amazing just to go there, like be rad to grab Mark and just go, um, yeah, we're going to grab a bunch of footage today and we're going to show you stuff you've never seen before because yeah, there's so be- much good footage or so much outtakes. Stacy could have made video on top of video of all this stuff and just the interest that's still there today on it I go man there's so much golden stuff in there there's just hours and hours of everything that he he did you know that just i i like i the all the outtakes for me it's like i could just i, I anything with like neil blender and those guys oh, that yeah. it would be in there with O and lance at his house like all that stuff it just like you just there's just so much golden stuff that's not on mm-hmm. that you probably just be laughing forever on you know yeah it's all i cool. would buy a dvd of just that just outtakes from the Lance O and Neil segment. Just two hours yeah. of them goofing around would be awesome. The full Denny's yeah. Diner uh, scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just the stuff that they just didn't work. I mean, they, and because it's like they were always doing stuff for. I I think back then they were winning. I don't know, like ASR. Or they had the best trade show booths, and Pal always won. One of them was a miniature golf one. 
There was a, a one that I think that a military tank in there. There was the Carnival one, you know, it was like the gas station a, one. Gold gas rush. Station one. Yeah. They always had like the coolest, you know, everybody always put thought into doing and showing off what they had, you know, it's awesome. All right. So after Lance's cold open, we kind of get the propaganda title card. It's kind of this blue and red color scheme. And that kind of brands the, a lot of the text that you see in the video. And then we jump right into Frankie Hill's part. He kind of gets the opener again, just like he did in Band This, which I think was very successful and exciting way to start Band This. I'm guessing they wanted to kind of recreate that and keep that going. Um, and he starts the part with, hi, my name's Frankie Hill, and I like to throw down the big fat Ollie one foot. And that was highly quotable between you know me and my skate buddies at the time. <laughs> He's so good yeah he's um, going wild in this one yeah it's pretty gnarly um i like the way he like his whole style is just with being super low to the ground and like sometimes using his hands but everything he does when his hands touch it just looks so naturally and looks so good how he just switches around and it's so rad and then uh that gap at the end was yeah. gnarly was super gnarly at the time and i i um i went there like in 2000 ended up there you know out filming and there was like some other double set there or something that um someone wanted to skate and we saw the gap and it was like it was big yeah it's pretty big yeah it looks like it's kind of filmed on like some type of crane shot because you know when right before he ollies it the the camera's kind yeah. of like elevating it yeah it looks like it was some type of crane or something it's yeah kind of interesting Maybe one of their uh one of their little camera creation yeah props <laughs> yeah that he's made yeah frankie was just talking about that on the nightclub too that that whole shoot that they did and that's mm -hmm. i'm i'm just i'm remembering it now i'm kind of clipping through it now that's the big his big gap uh, yeah that's like oh, yeah <laughs> the the climax yeah. yeah frankie was just always rad because it's just he like i remember him doing all these rails and then you know back then oh you don't take a, like a, a little launch ramp to a rail thing but frankie was so hungry that it's just like oh if i see this rail thing or in this awkward place i'm gonna get to it and he just like he was pushing himself like he was just hungry to like, oh, I'm going to do that rail. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, too. And I, I remember the him doing that little his little verbiage about the one foot. I'd like to do one foot. All. Frankie, when I first met him, he was he had a language all to his own. Mm -hmm. He's like, there's nobody like him. It's like, I, I don't know, if Mark, you were skating with us at the time, but there was an amateur contest in Vegas. And my brother was. You know, I was on the verge of maybe I was going to turn pro in a couple of years. And my brother's skating revision, he was doing well. And it was kind of like, you know, Matt Hensley was there, you know, Danny Way, uh, Ron Allen, Ray Barbie, like all these guys were amateur at the time. And I remember we were driving out there. We met him, the pal guys in summer going out to Vegas in the desert. And then this, the back of the van opens up and this guy kind of comes out. I think he was smoking this kid that looks like he was 12 baggy jeans, dirty pins. Like it goes, is he trying to do punk rock thing? Cause his pins were holding up his pants and his shirt, but it wasn't really punk rock. And he just looked at me as oh, like smoking, like an old man's like, where does a guy take a, dead, a piss around here? <laughs> <laughs> and this old crummy voice. And I'm like, what the fuck is, who is this dude? And, and and Todd's like, oh dude, he's like super good skater. So I got like, he looks like he can barely walk. <laughs> and he had all these like old little one-liners that he had. I go, dude, this guy's rad. I don't know what he is. 
and we skating. I don't know if he was pushing Mongo back then, but it seemed like it. But everything to hit this launch ramp, and I'm going like, this guy's gonna die. And it's like he did something way ahead of the 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 game back then. I remember one time he was just going as fast as he can, and he did a kickflip mute grab, which nobody was kickflipping and grabbing their boards yet at all. Mm-hmm. He did it, and he grabbed on his board, but it's like usually he was leaned way far forward, like anybody would start to kick their leg out and bail. And no, he held on and went like straight to his hip, like died, died, just wham, and just like, oh, and I go, no wonder he can't walk because he keeps trying to land these things. Yeah. And uh-huh. I was just blown away that he did that. And he was one of the first guys I see to really start doing the kind of like slide on your hip and not your knees. Because, you know, I came from bridge skating and some of these contests, you'd have to have knee pads on. So I still used to like knee sliding and stuff, but he wasn't wearing pads and he started doing the initial land on your hip and slide out of things, you know, which everybody uses it like nowadays. But yeah, he was way ahead of the ball game. I was like, oh, and Todd Hastings, our team manager, pal, already kind of saw something in him really early that his determination to do things and push things, it was just like pure, raw, I'm obsessed with skateboarding and I'm going to do this thing where no one's ever done it before, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's, he's one of the guys I was looking at. I go, yeah, he's, he's a next plateau kind of skater, you know? So yeah, yeah. He, he was hungry. Yeah. It's interesting. This is where we see him first riding his pro model too, which I think is pretty interesting because if you think even going back to public domain, if someone had put out like that type of level of footage, they probably would have turned pro right away kind of thing, you know, but then he's yeah. still am in, banned this and then now he's you know he's pro and has his model was this the first time he had an opening for a video like his he opened uh banned this too so this is the second opener yeah i'm guessing that was such an excess and explosive way to start a video they wanted to have him at the beginning again yeah matt any thoughts on uh frankie hill's part here it's incredible it's like uh his defining part i mean i as much as i love the band this part it's like this is what he's known for you know that gap like it cemented his legacy you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was so good. And so like, I mean, it, it's like, if you watch, <laughs> you know, if you watch ban this and, and propaganda, like he just owns the slam sections in each of those videos, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 60% Frankie Hill. Yeah. He's, you know, <laughs> even in public domain, he's, he's in the slam sections a bunch. That's right. Yeah. You know, he's picking up his board and he's ho- like hobbling away from some slam or whatever. And you're, and it's just like Steve was saying, you know, he's just sort of like, just going uh, for it yeah and, you definitely know, like every try is like land or slam yeah like, yeah no bailing just land yeah. or slam yeah but i mean yeah. to that point in time i don't think anybody had ever seen anything as huge as that gap you know that was like yeah just set the bar you know yeah i think too at one point he does like a pajama mute grab over like seven stairs or something seven or eight stairs it's insane like who does grab? that like a pajama, you know, a like pajama. a fakey, fakey late at uh, night at slippers on. <laughs> like a, you know, like a fakey 360 shove it, but like half cab. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You called that a what did you guys call that? A pajama? Pajama grab? Yeah, it was called a pajama. I don't know. Did you guys not call it back in? I think we called your, that uh, a, a spin out. Like is that like opposite of a big thing? spin? Like a big spin, you go backside 180, and then when you're going, you do yeah. it half cab. It was a spin fakey, out. We call fakey it. big spin. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I never. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, downstairs, he like just chucks that board up to... and grabs it. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, Frankie, so fucking good, man. Yeah. I noticed because I kind of watch these eye, the, I watch these videos with a keener eye, you know, and they're like, you know, wear the same shirt. So it kind of looks like this is just a normal afternoon for you. So I noticed, but he's got that Lance Mountain shirt on, but he's got uh, two different pairs of shorts. He's got khakis on and some blue ones, <laughs> and then uh, three different pairs of Airwalks in this, uh, in this oh, segment. Geez. So a little continuity blooper there. They weren't paying attention, I guess. You got to go back and CGI those yeah. C- CGI that together. <laughs> Steve, were you guys for the rubber boys? Were you guys like washing the the clothes for each filming or you just, I think maybe we did maybe. Um, Cause we stayed at Stacy's house in, in Las Feliz, Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright house and super nice. Actually the, the TV thing, the pool, the beginning of this part um, that was at his, at his house. Oh, nice. And yeah, I, I think we did actually wash some stuff we had like doubles of things but yeah mm-hmm. that was you know that was kind of funny <laughs> all right so after frankie hill's part we kind of get a uh i'll call it you know in between the kind of the skate scenes you get a little little bumper instead of like in band this we would have had professor didactic or the the greek chorus you know would shout something at us but in propaganda we just get some text on the screen so we get propaganda promotion publicity advertisement plug handout etc and that that kind of uh text pops up uh several times through the video and then we're hit with a montage part we've got uh samanaga chet thomas steve size eric sanderson we've got rob washburn who's not listed they show everyone yeah so there's a lot of famous wow. misspellings in Powell videos, but this is a complete omission <laughs> when they show everyone's name. And then we have you uh, know Albert Monta, and that's the gentleman that you guys have been. Uh, Our buddy. Yeah. yeah. That's how we and it met. could have been Mark Nisbet, dude. We could have, we should have seen yeah. Mark Nisbet on the screen. Yeah. But he had to work that day. For my parents, so I could have easily just gotten off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if Albert would have said something. Yeah. I think Albert yeah. sabotaged your skate career. I think so. <laughs> it was after his own glory. Yeah. He was just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to skating today. Okay. Well, you're busy at work. Don't want to bother you. That's, so, that's very much like him not to give any details, of, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Forgetting that important portion of the conversation. And, and the thing with Rob, Rob lived there with Powell, and it's like, it kind of seems like they overlooked at how good and rad he was. Like, Back in when he was he was like a, a really good vert skater too, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like I think he was just too close there and just like ah, that's just you know what they might even put him. I don't know why. No, I'm, I'm not gonna make excuses. That's just bad. <laughs> He's not <laughs> listed on there. Yeah. No excuse. Did he that's work nice. at Powell way back then, or is he just skating for them? I don't. I don't think he was working. I think he was just just kind of skating with. He went on tour uh, with us, and mm-hmm. I toured with him a bunch. Yeah. Um like on the mini ramp like when the tours are really big mm-hmm. killed it back then because i mean he just he came from vert and he could do some street stuff too for what street was back then you know yeah but, there's a I think a sick really sick launch ramp photo of him doing like a japan really super tweaked japan air off a launch ramp yeah somewhere yeah so steve you had a little insight of how this you know you would think all these guys would have their own separate section but how did this turn out to be like this montage part? i thought that was between us and now oh. you're gonna bring it up like no, I'm just totally joking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, some some people kind of know it. Like uh I was filmed for one day, it was supposed to be for like I was gonna get my own part, which I never had my own part before, but 
that's more my thing where I was always in between being hurt too. And like Chet was supposed to get his own part. Solomon was supposed to get his own part and everybody started filming for this thing. But since we kind of like, I was just, let's go start filming immediately. So we did our first parts of filming and there was a trade show video that came up and I guess Stacy had edited these clips already with, with our, our pieces, you know, mm-hmm. and we're watching mm-hmm. this thing like, Oh man, like I thought that was going to be part of my thing. I only filmed the one day for it. And yeah, they ended up clipping it into this, which, you know, they, the, the, the montage looks amazing and awesome, but you know, it was supposed to be um, uh, separate parts. I, I know Chet was really bummed and that was kind of one of the reasons I think he left Powell and same thing with Solomon too. But Solomon, I think, was pretty tight with, you know, just Thibo and Tommy and those guys. And I think that was just, he was just going to end up going there. But that was right before Chet and definitely Solomon blew up. Like, they were so good when they turned pro. Like, mm-hmm. Solomon was, you know, basically the godfather of Switch, killing it there. And then Chet's skateboarding turned into, like, this whole, he, he got just so good. Like, some of the stuff that he was doing, I was just, wow, I was just blown, blown away with. Yeah, I remember there's a Long Beach contest, and both those guys placed. I think Solomon won. I think Chet got second. Um, some street thing, and I remember Tommy going like, "See, <laughs> should have gave these guys their parts." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, skateboarding was just completely, totally changing, and you know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I like that part, but I wish I would have filmed for more parts of it. But same thing. I think I, I think I got hurt, and that was about it for me right there too. So. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even film anymore for a while. So yeah, I was thinking earlier. I was like, "Oh, Steve never had." I guess besides maybe that post-credit scene that's in this video, you never had like kind of like your own solo Steve size part. It was always like yeah. kind of like a shared shared part with other guys. I always wanted to, but no, say la vie. Mm-hmm. And we've I got. Always, our... I always sort of considered the Eric Sanderson mini ramp segment in band this. I always just sort of consider that like Steve size part with like a couple other dudes in it <laughs> i don't know why because <laughs> you, you i mean because you were the pro out of those three and like you know like two of those dudes were like or mark was skating your board and i just felt like it and you know, they kept showing your graphic and everything and i just kept i've oh. in my mind i was always like that's steve's part and these other two oh, dudes wow. that was just uh, my, uh, how i interpreted it you know? oh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> mark any thoughts on this uh montage part here I think Steve was the first person to skate the top of Belmont rather yeah. than just the uh, the bottom part, which was pretty gnarly at the time. Mm-hmm. It was really high, although Steve could always ollie. And then um, I remember going with Steve to Eric Sanderson's ramp for him to practice for the filming. And uh, I think I still have that footage somewhere. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah, wow. yeah I'll see that, yeah. Mark always had someone come my my the footage I kind of always like when... Just started skating the skate zones and started kind of like, oh, okay, let's do more. And he, there's video parts. There's one that I kind of was my favorite one that Mark shot. They're just us skating the skate zone, you know, but it was always so fun. I mean, I, that's one thing Mark was so good about. He skated and, you know, but he'd always stop halfway through and started filming. It's kind of like, it's always the in-between spot, you know, and yeah. I'm so stoked that he did. Always very conflicted. Like, and it, uh, it eventually became like, me wanting to get the trick more than wanting to make a trick i guess like because you know then you get to go home and like watch it and continue on with the skateboarding i guess uh-huh i never understood that and glad he was glad he was like that but i always thought like he could have been you know uh could have gone after the skate career himself too so but 
you just skated half of the time, but was still good as everybody else. <laughs> so. As soon as everyone got warmed up, that's when he broke out the camera. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Mark, different Mark, Mark Saito. 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 Yeah. Saito. Did he have anything in propaganda or was Ben this sort of his? Oh, I never thought about it. Yeah, he's not in propaganda, I, I is he? It's, it's a shame too. And here's something Stacy told me a long time ago. Mark Sato, and I skated with him in contest and we kind of roomed together. And uh, there's one NSA contest. I was stoked. I made the, the finals for Vert and I didn't make it for street because I was so like, I want to make it for Vert. For me, that was a bigger thing because it's such a bigger hill to climb. And uh, we, we were rooming and I remember in Arizona skating with Mark by just ourselves. Mark Sato was so smooth. He had like smoother, people are going to say this is blasphemy, but he had smoother frontside inverts than like cab. Like just the same kind of flip over, you know, he always skated cabs gear, super stylish, but so smooth and flawless. When I was skating with him, he was doing like seven foot stale fish over my head in the morning we're skating. Well, his vert skating was so good and so smooth. And it's just a shame that he didn't see more of it. But I remember Stacy telling me, he's like, guys like and stacy was kind of in this realm too like he was a like a really smooth skater like people skate that kind of smooth sometimes they get overlooked on how like gnarly and good they are and mark was one of those guys he's such flawless I, I got on his board one time it was it's a mini ramp thing and his board just the perfect indies the perfect setup everything he had was flawless and i got on his board and i go oh my god it was such like a perfect piece of machinery like a BMC bike or Ferrari or something. I got on it. I, th I think I went faster. Then I got on my board and it's like rickety, clanky, crappy rails. And <laughs> just my setup was, my setup was just like, oh, that's why I skate like that. Cause I don't even set up my board properly. And then Mark's was like this, you know, hovercraft of a, of a board. <laughs> and and I, I can't say enough about how good of a, a, a vert skater he was. But like Stacy said, some of these guys that were smooth, you know, it's like they want to see for back then. It was like, yeah, you want to go see somebody like Schroeder. It's going to be on the edge and not always making it and just like aggressive, you know, at, at, wow. at doing things. But mm -hmm. Mark was I, I wish I would have seen more more of him because he he was you talk to anybody that really skated with him in these contests like he he was great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was always wondering, like, kind of what, you know, what happened with that in terms of his his affiliation with Powell, you know, if he just sort of vert kind of died, you know, transition vert kind of died off and he just he, went he away. became a pro golfer. No way. Did he really? He went, I guess he was a total legitimate pro golfer and it makes sense. You know, <laughs> I, I heard his golf I, swing would make, make young children cry. It was so beautiful. <laughs> Good for him, man. All right. So the next segment, McGill Bales, his board breaks a light and he asked the cameraman, do you get that? And the cameraman says, yeah, I did. And this is the kind of the beginning of this kind of wild repeating editing section. And I'll call it the, the chink chink rap with uh, Tony Hawk, Sean Mortimer, Ray Underhill, just saying these uh, crazy trick names and stuff. And Matt, you kind of discovered where this segment was kind of, let's say, influenced from another Another film. Yeah. Do you have the in, the information on that? I can't remember. Um. So Kevin Harris posted on his Instagram a while ago that there was a a video that he had done with Sean Mortimer back in Canada at some point, and and it was like a, a video that a guy I, I don't remember the it's like a television travel documentary. Type yeah, show. something like that. And it was <laughs> it was literally called what was it called? Let me find it. So yeah, it was a um. I'll read this thing 
from uh, Kevin Harris. He said that, so this video is called sand spit to dildo. So I don't know. I guess those are towns. cities from one yeah. city to the other. So it says in what I believe was 1988, a man named Chris Mullington came to Vancouver to shoot a small format video documentary about a trip across Canada. He'd heard skateboarding was extremely popular here. And he asked the local shop for more info Soon after he was pointed in my direction, he started filming me and my good friend, Sean Mortimer in an empty parking lot, as well as a session inside the Richmond skate ranch and downtown Vancouver. He was only here for a day and a half and then left. Sean and I weren't really too sure it was going to come of the session, but it was fun regardless. So anyway, in 1989, the CBC aired a, the very first video eight documentary on national television. And there it was sand spit to dildo a trip across Canada. <laughs> So anyway, that's where this, anyway, I, I watched it and this, this, uh, this was from 88. So it was two years before propaganda, but it featured Sean Mortimer basically doing this exact, you know, chink, tink, dolly, chink, chink, tail, revert, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and these quick, like repeated edits yeah. of tricks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I don't know how that got into, I guess, just because Sean and Stacy were tight or whatever it was, but. Yeah, so Stacy so, had seen it somehow and kind of Stacey thought liked it was it funny and, and yeah, yeah. So if you go to uh, if you go to Kevin Harris's uh, Instagram page, Skeleton Mounty, uh, scroll down a little bit, you can you can find it. Sand spit to dildo. Yeah, I've even yeah. I know Stacy did the video. You guys covered it, I think, where he was trying to put skate sounds to music. Oh yeah, the yeah. attack video. attack. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was some of that. So yeah, this almost yeah. looks like watching this. Like I need to teach myself how to do like insane quick edits, mm-hmm. you know, and just like Mark, any thoughts on these these edits as a, as an editor? Is that hard? Would it be hard to do something like this? Uh, no, I mean uh, back then maybe on that edits. type of no, you could it wouldn't be as precise because I'm sure he had like you know he had like much better equipment than I did, but mm-hmm. uh, that one. The McGill one would be pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, I I attempted to do like, I think there's one in Band This where Tony Hawk is doing like a 540 and it like flashes back and forth between two different tricks. Mm-hmm. And I I did attempt to do that one because, you know, v- it, at that time is VCR to VCR mm-hmm. for me, basically. So you'd have to like count the frames and like move the little dial in the right place. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think with, with, Said it, he had all the pro stuff. He probably did it pretty easily. Mark, do you? I just wondering too. Don't you have like a, a YouTube channel or something where you have all your 508 videos? Um, I don't have my videos up. There. I have a YouTube channel that um, uh, I'm gonna start uh, posting videos. I'm gonna launch a, a new thing. But the 508 videos are up on someone's page. Yeah, we want that. We want to watch the Bony Boys video. Is that the that's the right yeah. name of it, right? Yeah, that was the second one. I think that's the one where uh, a lot of skate zone, like Mike Santa Rosa and, you know, Underhill and Lance. Not, and yeah. Nottis, yeah. Nottis, dude. Switch Ollie's on, on mini ramp yeah. <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. Um, they're on, I could look it up. There's some YouTube channel that has all of them. I think, uh, I think it's this guy who had a website that had just all the skate videos on it like years ago. And Rothmeyer knew him because he used to skate around our same circles and whatever and gave them all the videos okay. so um i don't know i'll have, to, I'll have to look it up but they are out there i think there is i think there's a couple missing though but uh bony boys is definitely on there which is the main one from this time yeah i think that's the one that you showed me years ago that i was psyched mm. on yeah 
but yeah, this this section here with the these guys rapping out with these crazy trick names, it's pretty pretty funny. So next we've got Lance Conklin, and this is Lance Conklin's first appearance in a Paul Peralta video. And uh, he starts with another quote, kind of like Frankie Hill. We get uh, it's about thirty below right now. See, it's thirty below right now, and more <laughs> kind of silly stuff that I think kids around the world would quote. Thoughts on Lan Lance Conklin's part? It's awesome. I always thought it was like one of the premier parts in this video. Like, yeah, he's kind of seems like the hot new street guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of got a mix of. I'm guessing maybe it's Robert or Stacy filming them where you can tell it's on film. And then there's also kind of mm -hmm. like some bro cam, like VHS footage in there. Yeah. I always liked, I don't know what it is. And I've said this about Ray, Ray Barbie and stuff before too, but I always love just seeing like really good, just like flat ground lines. Mm -hmm. Like I just loved watching that when I was younger, like dudes who would just skate through a parking lot and just do all these tricks in a row. So I appreciate like the Lance Conklin's part. Cause he, he does a bunch of that. Yeah. could never do myself i do like a pop shove it and then i would try something and i would just fall off <laughs> he's that got those far. black airwalks on too that are oh i yeah. thought always look like super cool yep mark any thoughts on uh lance conklin here he was good i i remember later seeing like some of his spots being in like an h h street videos i like how they kind of uh they dub in those street slide kind of sound effects when he does some of those kind of sliding maneuvers they put in that oh, little yeah. skirt sound effect it was pretty interesting that's, that's almost in the pal magic category yeah yeah i remember always thinking like why can't i get my wheels to sound like that on the slide <laughs> why, why can't i do a backside air and come down with my hand on the other side yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> take off that side and land. i know that happened to steve a few times on on a ramp where he went up doing one thing and came down doing a different one. Oh yeah yeah there, there was i think it might have been public is that on scooter's ramp where it looks like you're doing that might be, yeah that's public then, domain i think then yeah. they cut it and he's like coming in mute air or something like that yeah yeah i i did like a like it was a feeble to fakey but then i moved my body and i kind of just i jumped off it but i kind of ollied as i jumped it and then it kind of almost made it another trick because then they showed me coming in off a of backside air. Yeah. So people go, hey, can you do that one trick? I go, <laughs> uh, not today. No, not today. It was, that was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so many people caught that too. Yeah. Weird cut there. Yeah, there was That's a few, there's a, been a few questionable edits here and there. We let yeah. them slide, but yeah. It's all about the storytelling. Think, it's all about the storytelling. I think did that one on purpose too, by the way. He didn't just try to like, he 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 was kind of mocking it a little bit he told me about that too he's like yeah i was gonna make him like just like it would be a new trick sort of thing mm -hmm. but yeah he, he he knew that was like a little flub <laughs> so lance was from florida did you do ever do any tours with him or do you know how he ended up on getting on paul no yeah um i i had a girlfriend in clearwater florida and there's this roller rink there and i met lance out there I did a couple tours out there and uh, I used, I just remember Lance being a standout and same with uh, Mike Frazier. But Lance was, when I first started skating with him, he was like skating vert mm. and he was the, he was the first, I remember him doing like trying, I didn't see him make him, but he was like close to making like 540s, like full upside down 540s. And he was the one that kind of started getting me thinking about, oh, let's do five, I should start trying 540s or something. Uh, but he was right. But then he started getting more into street at that time you know so skating was like it just seemed to me like he was this polished out kind of vert tracker skater guy and then later on in the years we started getting on pal it seemed like 
he turned into this kind of indie skater. I don't even know if that's just my interpretation of it, but he started really getting this is the this is the beginning of him starting to get really good into street, you know, being more of this hardcore street guy. But yeah, I just remember the beginning of it. He was more like this vert skater guy. So he could skate like everything. Interesting. You know? So yeah. He was he was always just super rad and fun to skate with. I found a Lance Mount a oh, Lance Mount, a Lance Conklin complete in the trash one time. <laughs> like it was thrashed. What like was this? Razor tail. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Did you take it? Oh, hell yeah, I took it. <laughs> yeah. Was it like the whole board? The whole board, complete. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was in rough shape. It was like, it had been left yeah. probably, it felt, seemed like it was in the shit, you know, sitting in the shed for years. Like the, the wheels didn't move. They were all, you know, rusted down and it was like a black and it had like a kind of a cartoon, like comic strip sort of scene or something on it. I, it was from a later, you know, later era, like probably a few years after this video or whatever, but yeah found a Lance Conklin board in the trash wow. and it took forever to get the trucks off. Cause they were all rusted on and everything. I sold it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Free money. You know, I think, yeah. You know, I think about his part. I think it's that like, I think I could do most of the tricks he did in his part. So I think it just never, I was just like, kind of didn't leave anything with me. I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm better. I'm better than this dude. I don't know. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I like oh, it because yeah. it was like, you know, yeah. the old days where you just ollieing a shopping cart or whatever. Like, that was the kind of shit that you just saw, like, at your local schoolyard. You know what I mean? Not to take anything away yeah. from Lance Conklin. No, not like, at all. I, yeah. I love that about it. It's like that innocence of, like, the early days of, like, mm-hmm. how high can you ollie? Can, well, like, can you ollie this trash can? Can you ollie this shopping cart, this picnic table? You know, just stuff you don't see anymore. I love it. All right. So after Lance, we've got a kind of little bumper segment we've got paulo peralta we're polish on america go ahead take the plunge and i remember even back in 1990 this was just so puzzling to me i just could not understand <laughs> what i was being told here so you're seeing a, a image a of a, a toilet that's like made into a fountain and the water's squirting out and There's a Paul uh, sticker on the yeah in the toilet bowl or on the it tank almost looks something. like a would be a trade show booth prop or something but uh i think the, the voiceover is d david morin again mark what was your interpretation of this did you have any thoughts was this perplexing or some kind of coded uh, messages what what are they trying uh, to tell us here like i appreciate these things now but at the time um especially since i was making started making videos i never i never cared for these these things uh-huh back then you'd <laughs> want to just see i didn't tricks. no yeah because at this time it was like like van this came out and then i saw uh, shackle me not and like van this is like you know it's like so good it's untouchable to like want to make that mm-hmm. like there's no way that's so like above the bar and then shackle me not came out and it's like it looks like what i did i was like oh i can do that yeah and yeah. so the skits things like once it got like later on the skip thing kind of got like you get that young skater mentality of like no i don't that's those things are kind of silly and uh i don't you know i just i just didn't uh i wasn't into the skits that much yeah unless it was of course unless it was like neil blender and lance and like like the credit card thing and all that like it's kind of funny yeah yeah it's always just like i give let's get back to the skating steve was this a puzzling one to you this this toilet fountain uh yeah just it was just kind of like I, I didn't really think too much of it then. It was kind of like maybe a trade show prop thing. It was That's a cut in between. Was, yeah. you know? 
yeah, yeah it would just it, it was just like yeah okay and, you know i maybe trying too hard at that point you know kind of thing it was like okay whatever but i just used to these pieces in between that they would do that there were just these editing clips in between you know mm-hmm. they weren't it's... just showing the hardcore skating because skating was changing and after this was the 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 market got really small and it was only the hardcore skaters mark or myself or anybody just like you just want to see the tricks and like pocus pocus was the first one i think that that's what it, it gave you was we just want the footage i don't care if it's poor lighting and it's a car backed up and it's matt hensley doing like a one foot ollie backside lip over this little ledge thing you know you're like that's, that's what i wanted to see i wanted to see that part of it i don't want to see these these other parts so which was which was awesome so it was really just using it as a segue yeah but mm-hmm. and i get it like he's kind of trying to you know trying to give people a break from the skating so you can get refreshed and go into mm-hmm. the next part but yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a photo in one of the intelligent report zines where it's like the centerfold, and it's this fountain, and and the water's all over the ground, and Lance's Lance Mountains on the ground, and he's got one of those Paul Peralta longboards that had like all the roses in it, and he's sitting in the water and he's holding it stale fish like he's doing a stale fish, and then they show Robert is filming and uh, Jimmy Fitz is like directing. It's like this kind of. another kind of behind the scenes kind of thing so there must have been more going on where they had lance sitting in the water but Uh, we don't get to see any of that here but i'll put that photo up i'll scan it and put it up on instagram so do you do you want to you reached out to jim oh yeah so i i reached out to jim today because i was always just puzzled about what was going on here so he wrote back to me play on words profits before profits double entendre deatrice instead of trash Craig and I were willing to confuse while hoping to motivate curiosity. It didn't always succeed. Stacy was willing to see what happened. And that's what he responded to my inquiry about we're Polish on America. Yeah. Way over the head. Yeah. 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 It just didn't, it just didn't land. I, you know, it's just like one of those yeah. things where I'm like, what, what? As an inside <laughs> joke. Yeah. Way. I mean, back in those days, like, I feel like Polish jokes were sort of a thing, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and I always was wondering. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was just sort of oh, like, true. Is this like, what are they saying exactly? I don't know. Like, I just didn't get it. You know, I wasn't like, a, I wasn't like above toilet humor, or like, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I, yeah, I just never quite got this part. And I think that's why, like, what you were saying earlier, like, that's why I like that post credits section because there's just no filler. You know what I mean? It's just that's what I want. That's what I wanted mm-hmm. to see through the whole video. It's just like, mm-hmm. here's a part. Here's a part. Here's a banger. Here's a banger. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah things were changing yeah so many skate videos started coming out after you know around around that time everyone had a skate video yeah all right up next we've got colin mckay um and this is he's so he's so young here but this is actually his third video that he's been in he was in public domain banned this and now here we are he's kind of got his own kind of full-length part i guess you would call it and uh man he's ripping like crazy in this one That'd be an amazing part now. Yeah. Yes. I wrote down a couple tricks that stood out to me. He does like a 360 shove it to like no handed blunt or Ollie blunt. You would call it. Thought that was pretty wild. Like shove it off the nose kind of thing. Uh, He says a stale grab McTwist and he's like, I don't know, 11 years old here or something. I have Mm -hmm. no idea. And he does those, those backside 360 tail grab one foots. And they, they even does that 540 in this. It's, it's pretty wild. It's a crazy skate park too that he. Yeah, he, I think uh, that's the uh, later incarnation of the Richmond Skate Ranch. I'm I'm guessing. 
in Vancouver. Yeah. That and vert ramp was fun. It was a little smaller than most vert ramps, but you could still skate. Uh, you could still do like, I did a 540 there one time and you could still do big tricks there. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was the perfect place to kind of hit all these quarter pipes to learn all these like crazy variations of things, you know, mm -hmm. and just like, oh. Yeah, I just remember when he came out and he skated with Tony at his ramp, how stoked just Tony was with him and how like inventive he was and how how good he was on his board. So how solid he was. So. Yeah, he's super he good here. He's got these, uh, he's kind of being interviewed while riding in a car and he's saying like dog sleds, the fakie and yeah. Eskimo pie reverts or whatever. He's making <laughs> up these yeah. silly trick names. It's pretty funny. He's being like super serious, like deadpan about it. Like... <laughs> Like, is he kidding? Or are these real tricks that I need to learn? What's going on here? And he's got a little yeah, bit of street footy in there too. So yeah. Cool yeah. to see. Then we've got another text bumper. Skateboarding just might be the only known sporting activity that utilizes sewer systems as locations. That's so Craig Stesic. Yeah, I was just about to say that's totally Stesic. He loves to mention, you know, is there a skate park greater than a sewer? No. Um, yeah. And then we jump into this awesome 70s part, which is super cool to see. And back then, I didn't really know what I was seeing. I'm seeing kind of some very historical, like we're seeing Jay Adams at the Del Mar Nationals in 1975, how some of that was like super groundbreaking for the Z-Boys. But in 1990, I don't really have any context for this footage. It's pretty interesting. And some of the, the people I, I recognize here, Jay Adams, like I said, Stacey Peralta, of course, Tony Elva. Alan Gelfand, uh, Russ Howell, Ty Page. There's some crazy guy that does like a gorilla grip over a bunch of people oh barefoot. Where he's that was just, gnarly. Yeah, super yeah. crazy. He just slammed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is that guy. He's like some dude. I'm not sure who it is, but he's he's barefoot and he like kind of rolls in on this little tiny wedge ramp and he tries to go off this tiny, teeniest little launch ramp and he just walks off he just doesn't make it yeah, <laughs> yeah i think i remember that yeah. and then I, at the end that guy just 360 ing into like oblivion like down that like taking out those cones and stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah at that time my friend albert was working at the um the lakewood mall and he uh he's like oh yeah that guy russ howell he works at the mall wow and i was way. like what <laughs> <laughs> a handstand guy yeah he's like, he's like crazy, i think yeah. he even like he did some 360s on his board or something like oh, wow. outside that's cool i think he was a substitute t-shirt a t-shirt uh <laughs> teacher like, i remember millican high there was like oh there's some pro guy over there and we went to go see him skate the tail end of it and he was like doing like 360s and stuff we're like wow there's actually pro skateboarders it's like in the 70s wow and uh it's just funny. This all this footage is like the precursor to Dogtown. Yeah, uh, yeah. We see a lot of this footage later in the Dogtown documentary. Yeah, like we were filming public domain and stayed at Stacy's house, and everybody's exhausted during the day, and everybody passed out in the living room. But Stacy was showing all this footage and like all the Dogtown stuff. And he's going like, someday I want to make a story about all the old footage of what we did or how gnarly it was. He basically told me what he did for the Dogtown video. Someday I'm going to do this showed me all the footage and I was like, oh, okay. Then so when he actually, you know, left Powell and, you know, back in, I think it was back in Santa Monica and that's when he did the video. He finally came to tell the story that was all this stuff. He just goes there. He's like, it was so gnarly back then. Like you guys just don't know what it was. And it was the beginning, mm -hmm. you know? And he's like, he knew us were like just these young skater street guys and not appreciating. And I, even then I was like, oh, I started getting a little bit more of appreciation of it, but you know, what he ended up doing with the Dogtown documentary 
really showed, oh, yeah, you should really, you know, an understanding and a respect level of like where everything came from. Him, Tony Alba, Jay, the whole crew, what they actually did, how radical they were. And, you know, from surfing to skating to a little thuggy, thuggery life that they had, you know, but that's mm -hmm. kind of really, it got it away from how polished off 70s skating was, how they came in and go like, yeah, no, nah, it's more of a, it's more of an art form, you know, than just, yeah, you know, hula hooping. Yeah. That's awesome that even back then he kind of knew the importance of the history of it kind of thing. And I remember reading in Thrasher at one point, it's probably maybe even around that time where there was like in the trash column, there was like a little blurb. Like Stacy and George are going around and buying up all this old footage. Like anyone that they could think of that had some home old home movies and stuff, they were buying it or kind of collecting all this footage for a project at some point, which I thought was pretty cool. And Craig wrote that too. He did trash back then. Yeah, yeah. I think when it was a lot yellow. Of it back then. Yeah. And similar <laughs> to what you know, this segment in the video, similar to like some of the skits or these little in-between bumpers. Like I would never fast forward, but you know, the first few times you'd watch it, you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you kind of like, oh, I just want to see like the new tricks or whatever. But now it's like, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the video, you know, seeing all this awesome old stuff. Oh, and this song, I remember always thinking this, like this song here, it sounds like a Jimi Hendrix song, but I really don't know Jimi Hendrix that well. And just, I happened to Shazam this song and it's uh, from a band called Smoghorn and the, so the song is called Transparent Dream. Nice. And it's from a surfing soundtrack, Chairman of the Board soundtrack. And I think this song was in uh, Super Sessions, which you hear, I think, Stacy mentioned in the Dogtown documentary, how he went and saw this surf movie called Super Sessions and had his mind blown at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium. So, you know, he's kind of recycling these these things in his video, which is pretty cool. All right. So the next segment we have Ruben Dominguez. Paul De Jesus and Trent Gaines doing some uh, street skating. And this seems like another kind of, I don't know what the right word, packaging together of some teammates or friends, kind of like we had the rubber boys and then we had the LA boys. And I don't know if these guys have a nickname or anything, but it's like, here's some LA guys, you know, ripping it up. Yeah. It's almost like Almeida guys. Like, let me see. Wasn't Paul. I think Paul was a really good vert skater. Mm -hmm. some they kind of have a vert part right after this street part. Here. Yeah. Yeah, so they could actually really skate. They were like new up and coming guys, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of funny. They they yeah, they were kind of almost packaging them together, like, oh well, you know, that worked for us before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been to some of their spots. Um, and they're it's like in like La Mirada and like somewhat yeah. somewhat out here. Um, and I, I'd heard I'd never met them, but I know they're around because I knew people that knew them. And yeah, there's yeah. an amazing like Manny had like kind of ledge looks like a state like an outdoor stage at a school with like a yeah. ramp up and like steps down on the other side yeah. I was like could not I, I, like that was just I filmed there a bunch yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. looks fun yeah I filmed the there a lot in the 90s in the late later 90s I wonder if that spot's still there it's it's still there yeah that's yeah cool. and that little like weird I don't know that little weird like fire pit looking mm -hmm. thing that they do nose monks on that that was still there like 10 years or so ago because mm -hmm. I skated there too that's cool. You can even see Lance Mountain filming them going across that stage at one point. So he was involved kind of filming this part. That it's... makes sense. Yeah. Oh, no, I've seen Lance probably brought these guys to Stacy's attention. You know, mm -hmm. just like, oh, I guess Lance could skate these spots in these areas too. I, I'm trying to, I wonder if they had the vert ramp that was out there that used to skate. Because that's how I knew some of these guys were just skating vert out there. 
Yeah, wasn't it so. their ramp? Yeah, I think so. It's one of the ramps, right? I'm looking for that part. Paul or Ruben, it's right after the street street part. Yeah, I don't think it was there. It wasn't their ramp, but they were locals. Okay. Let me see. Yeah, that was the ramp we used to skate all the time with those guys. I kind of didn't skate it as much once I put the mini ramp in, but there's transitions, vert ramp that was up at the same time too, you know? So, but yeah, these guys just, they just ripped. Was that just like a backyard ramp? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's pretty legit yeah. setup for a backyard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have skate parks, so what do you got to do? No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Trent Gaines does an ollie impossible to lip slide revert on a curb, which was, I, I thought this is like, this is like the most forward advanced trick in the whole video. Like, this is just too crazy for me. I can't even comprehend it. <laughs> thought that was like a standout trick in this part. And then Ruben has that manual at the end, which was probably, I felt like that was probably the longest manual I had seen at that point. It kind of ends that part. And there's like little text going on the screen. And I uh, paused it a couple of times and they were like, right. Like this is a subliminal message in there. Which is <laughs> <laughs> pretty interesting. And Trent's wearing Vision Streetwear shoes. And we talked about before Ray Barbie skating in Visions, if that ever bums Stacy out. <laughs> That was, that was an issue for a little bit because he just loved him so much. You go like, what about something else? He's like, no, it's the only shoe that he could skate that, or that he liked. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was a, a, a you know, it wasn't mandatory or anything, but they're like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is the politics yeah. of skating, you know? And he's yeah. like, well, that's what yeah. I like to skate. So they're like, yeah, it's cool. Peter McEwen told us that he would take an X-Acto knife and cut the logos off the side of Ray's shoes for him. Because Stacy said you can wear the oh. shoes, but you can't show the logo. So they would peel the logo off them. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was that that big of a deal. The spot with the bricks is a lot more out of high school. The stage. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh the th other thing that I was talking about uh, is across the street, I think. And then I know Paul's in the next, I definitely in the next video. I'm not sure if he's any more and more after that, but I think this might be the only time we've seen Ruben. And then I remember Trent Gaines ended up later on uh, Planet Earth. I think he went to shortly after this video. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. 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 What was that? 91 that Planet Earth came around? 92? I think 91. So, yeah. 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 That yeah. now and later video. He's yeah. in that one. And then we transition into Paul and Ruben skating a vert ramp, which we kind of just talked about. Um, and where was that? You said La Mirada? I don't know. Where did those, those dudes live out there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was maybe La Mirada too. Oh, they had a cool little vert scene there for a while too. So mm -hmm. well, that was up. Now looking back, this kind of seems kind of late in the game. I mean, we don't really know where skating's going at this point. To kind of be introducing new vert ams, you know, like kind of late in the game where, you know, maybe a year later you're just like vert skating. What's that, you know, kind of thing. So they're still kind of introducing some new guys as vert skaters. Kind of interesting at this point. I definitely remember like the vibe at the time was people were just sick and tired of vert just tired of it you know i mean especially after watching you know a lot of hocus no not that there wasn't any vert and hocus pocus and stuff but you know what i mean just people are just so psyched to just go skate street and after after a few years of just vert 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 it was just it had it needed a, it needed a nap for a while <laughs> You know. I think street skating is just such so more it's way more accessible. You know, you, you there's I didn't have a vert ramp by me. All we ever did was street skate. Yeah, same here. 
Even if we so, did have a vert ramp, I wouldn't have gone anywhere near it. <laughs> definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely on anything over four feet, I was less into. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of hard to get some people to come and skate the ramp, uh, my ramp. My brother got into it for a while. He was getting good really quick, but he went more towards street. And um, yeah, I remember Chet actually got good pretty quick. Jason Lee, first time we were dropping on the vert ramp was here. I think, I don't know, Mark filmed that or somebody did first time we dropped in and then uh yeah it, it, the thing is like my brother said he was like it was too hard of a jump from back then there wasn't like skate parks like to learn how to drop in it's like you dropped in something like four foot or something smaller but to go to all of a sudden a true vert ramp level was a whole different thing like you really had to spend some time to learn how to skate vert it's not like you could skate a mini ramp to an in-between ramp to get the the thing of it you were you had to learn how to really skate vert and yeah just the numbers were like stacy told me the first time i got on where they saw me at oceanside he was tim and craig were telling me street was going to be the new biggest thing and i thought they were crazy but no everybody the, the, the numbers were there everybody was street skating it was mm -hmm. accessible it was quicker it was easier not easier but i mean you could just get to skating way quicker than going to a ramp putting your pads on doing all that you know mm -hmm. it's like it was it was it was way more more of a chore, but yeah, it 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 had the numbers had changed from people who could actually skate to who can go street skate. So, yeah, I remember also people asking me like, "What was the hardest trick you ever had to learn or whatever?" And sometimes I tell them dropping in, you know, like that first time you actually commit to just push all the way down, and and that's yeah. scary for a lot of people that could never never do that, you know. So right there is a big disadvantage to vert skating. Yeah. And also this, uh, the, the filming, the, the footage here on this vert ramp. And then the, the previous, the street street part, it's like really dark. I don't know the color of the film or if they maybe down. It's, it's like there's black like and white. Green, yeah. It's like some, there's green. like a green filter on it that yeah. I like a lot, but it is a little bit like dark. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. wonder if, yeah. um, I wonder if something happened to the film, like, uh, didn't develop properly or something or yeah. Like in, uh, what is it? Or maybe it's this video. I don't remember. There's one, there's a Mike McGill part where he's skating his skate park and it's like titled Mars. Oh yeah. That's all, in this. Yeah. It's because yeah. the film is, it got, oh, it was overexposed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it, you can see how fucking bright it is or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I oh, there, know, was some footage uh, there was some footage too that they used. I remember this camera. I, I think some of McGill stuff was maybe this too, but there was a Fisher Price kids toy. Yeah, PXL 2000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, Mark still films with it. You have one, Mark? <laughs> I have one. Yeah. Does it still work? It doesn't because I, I just tried it recently and it doesn't. It doesn't, unfortunately. Yep. Those but things were fucking sick, man. Yeah. Amazing. The fact yeah. that audio tape, you can use a footage thing, and you would get like what five minutes of footage out of ninety minutes, something like that. And they used it, and it was just this crazy little other footage thing that they had for a little bit. It was like, man, it was just it's just for a cool effect or something. Oh, that it, is in there, huh? I don't think I ever realized that. In public it's, domain, yeah. they're like, yeah. we don't we don't street skate, we street style. Like that part with yeah. Lance and Cab was definitely filmed and, on And that PXL. part where he says, and keep on going. And keep on going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Suddenly I need to go get one of those. Yeah, oh, good dude. luck. Yeah. Good luck. I saw some on eBay, but you got to get a working one. Yeah. Yeah. Plastic parts. How does it have outputs to like digitize uh -huh. it? How would you digit the camera has outs and you can just 
Yeah, because I used some in one of my videos a long time, but never, you know, I never showed anyone. But uh, yeah, you can get into the computer. That's cool. Or VHS tape, at least, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so rad. All right. So after the Paul and Ruben vert part, we've got the skate or die rap at the uh, Back to the City contest where they take this crazy song and they kind of edit in some commentary from Barry Zaritsky and best boy Ken Park and Kevin Thatcher. And they kind of, you know, added into the, the beat of the music like a rap song. It's pretty funny. And we got skating from Hawk McGill, Steve Caballero, Ray Barbie, Lance Mountain. And there's even if you look close, there's some quick cuts of uh, Guerrero and Jim Thebo in there on the sidelines. So you can say they're just saying what's up to those guys, former Powell Rodgers. Steve had some really good footage from this contest. Yeah, Steve, it's were so you funny that in I this one? That I was in yeah. <laughs> which one? I know. I think didn't they do this three years in a row? Do you know which one this would would have been? Was this the last one? Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe I remember you showed me footage of like I don't know if you filmed it or Marco filmed it of like Danny Way just destroying that contest like yeah yeah Danny and like Sheffy and, yeah. and Carol and all those guys and I uh, remember uh, Jason Lee because I remember I was skating I was skating the the warehouse a bunch and I thought I was skating well at the time but I remember getting so intimidated by like I mean Sheffy just coming up he's doing the biggest like late shove it's over this pyramid box thing and then danny was killing it doing i think i don't know they 180 late shoves or they were just it was so good carol's doing all the switch stuff jason lee like i had the worst practice heat with the best guys mm -hmm. and i'm looking around and everybody's killing it and then i think stacy came up to you like, wait what's wrong i heard you've been skating good and then you're just like go don't look and he just he taught me he's like don't look at everybody because right now you're seeing the best line in the world. None of these guys are going to make their line like this. Don't pick apart Carol to Jason Lee to a Sheffy to Danny Way. Don't do it. He goes like, do what you're doing, have fun, block them out, and try to make your line thing. And he, I did, and I just started. He goes, just go have fun, go do a couple whatever you like to kind of do, mess around, carve this around, do whatever. And I go. Oh, and I did. And I just started like having so much more fun and I blocked it out and ended up doing well, you know, because it was just one of those comp competition tricks that, you know, between Cab or Tony or Stacy had done back in the day. Like, here's try not to get intimidated by these guys because you're looking at the best in the world, maybe doing these one tricks and you're putting this master line together. That's not what's going to happen. You know, you got to focus in on your own positive, fun, you know, kind of aspects of it. And I, it might have been that contest or another one. I don't think I'm looking at it. It might not have been the last one because I think the last one, the corners of the contest had like little bowls, I think. And I don't oh, yeah. I don't think this one actually did. If and I you think look at like the far in, end. Uh, in the first plan B video, they show footage from one of the contests. And that's that came mm -hmm. out in 92. So this video is 90. So maybe they did the contest 90, 91, 92 kind of thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So this one might've been number two or one or two, probably. Been, so there was, I know there was the other one. Cause I think I want to say Danny way got a cover shot from the bowl or something. It was a little bold off corners that they had. Yeah. He was uh, like front side yeah. blooding the over or Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mid quarter plays. Yeah. Did I even go to this one? I think I was in this one too. So. I guess my footage didn't make it. Son of a gun. We got to go to Powell and raid the, raid the tapes. Yeah, raid tapes. All right. Next, we have a little Skate Jeopardy skit. I'll take crummy driveway ramps for $400, please. And that's uh, 
transitions into a fun driveway session at Tony Hawk's house with Tony Hawk, Bucky Lasik, uh, Sean Mortimer, and Ray Underhill. And this kind of stuff is kind of like the Lance, O, and Neil in Band This, where you're like, oh, I can, you know, this is just like me and my buddies goofing around. So this, you know, this is not the super high caliber of skating where, you know, this driveway session is kind of like, oh, it's just like me and my buddies, you know, like we're, we, we can be on the level of pro, you know, they, everyone's having fun. It's, it's pretty fun. I love this part. Yeah. I love it. It's just Same. Fun, yeah. fun, fun and goofy. Yeah. 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 It's just awesome. And yeah. it's to, like, not like it's easy. Any of the stuff they're doing, like it's, they're killing it. And those ramps are like falling apart. Like one of them is just literally like falling apart. And yeah. they're just like, yeah, I yeah. skated them. There was the bottom was like death. You would hang up going up because it was so bad at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> the guy at the beginning that's on the podium. I think this is guy, Rob, he was one of the head sales reps at Powell too. Oh, the yeah, the Jeopardy, Jeopardy guy? guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, Jeopardy guy, yeah. Rob, yeah. He was like one of the, the head sales. Super cool. One of the coolest guys. That's awesome. Uh, for Powell. Oh, yeah, that's I cool. always like to find out who's who the actors are in their skits. So that's a good good fun fact for me. He won like the monthly sales contest and got to be in the video. Or <laughs> I, yeah, I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always love this part. This was like, I love I love stuff like this. Again, yeah. like for that for that relatability factor, like yeah, just goofing around. Yeah. yeah, they've got this kind of like almost like sounds like kind of carnival midway game kind of soundtrack like pumped in underneath it, kind of like this carnival atmosphere music. It reminds me of. I noticed uh, Ray Underhill only goes for one one trick in the part where he kind of goes to grab his board and he misses it and it kind of launches off and that's like Ray's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> All right. After that segment, we've got another text bumper. Is skateboarding an art form or just a break from too much Nintendo? So Mark and Matt, I know you guys are Nintendo fanatics. So what do you think? Skateboarding an art form or just a break from too much Nintendo? Uh, well, what's funny is that it is an art form and uh, skateboarding was a break from my <laughs> Nintendo because that's how I used to, I started skating because I wanted to take a break from computer games. So I would oh, grab my board because, you know, you get, you're like in the house too much and you're like, I got to get outside or something. Yeah. And that is honestly how I started skating. And then I just, you know, I started like skating more and I just started doing that mostly. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I remember summer of, uh, I don't know, it was 89 or 90, but we had a routine at my house where my friends would come over. My house was like the congregation point where everybody would, would start. So my friends would come over, we'd play Super Mario Brothers 3, and then we would just go skate all day. There you and go. And we might watch like a, some some skate video to like get us hyped, and then we would just go skate all day. So kind of both, I guess. I don't know if I considered yeah. it a break from Nintendo. It was just the next the next thing to do. Yeah. Nintendo yeah, really, because was... later in the 90s, we used to, after skating, we'd go back to my house and we'd just play Street Fighter 2. Yeah, <laughs> Super Nintendo. It was like kind of like hand in hand, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your options I, were I, so much more limited back then, you know. Yeah, I used to do almost the same thing, but it was calling girls up instead. <laughs> sure, Steve. I, I was I was doing that. I was just I was just panicking and hanging up immediately afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I have a girlfriend in Florida. I swear. Know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at least i didn't say it was canada all right so next we've got cameron martin and this has got to be freestyles 
last breath right here. Dying gasps of yeah. professional freestyle. And it's a pretty quick part. It looks like he's in San Francisco. If I'm not wrong, there might be a shot where you can see Alcatraz in the background. But yeah, it's a pretty quick part. Kind of some standard issue freestyle here. I just I just always loved how it looked. Like in the music, so good. Mm -hmm. It's just so awesome. I'm a black and white guy anyway, so it makes sense. But it's just so well shot. I don't really like the skating doesn't really matter. Yeah. To me. Not that it was bad, but you know. He's definitely doing some like it's not just you know freestyle lines i mean like he's doing like some ollie Manual on like a on a you know like a little ledge or something like that mm -hmm. um I, yeah you know it's i don't know dude I, like steve did you ever meet cameron martin did you guys ever cross no, paths? I, I, I knew cameron he, he was really cool it's good i think heavily influenced by you know i'm watching it again now but i always heavily influenced by rodney you know <laughs> and mm -hmm. trying to take it there and try to be like the new generation of things you know but uh yeah i'm just looking at there's some rad footage of him the last shot is kind of gorgeous it's like going down like this looks like a a, a bridge on ramp or something and he's doing like a one, one out manual down the yeah. thing and you see city in the background um yeah it seems like stacy with these things i think there's maybe they were more choreographed maybe give more time to edit these really like awesome parts together it's Kevin Harris part that I love. He he was mixing one of the DJs that was working with him because he worked a lot with Chuck Treese and I forget this other. There was this I think a British DJ and they did this one sample with it was like the Smiths and something else, mm. and everything was edited so rad. Like it was it was so good, you know, together. That, that, like like this is that one the is one with the is that the one where it has the semi trucks in the in the background? I think like so. Semi trucks and. Yeah. yeah, that one. That one's so good. Like the music in that is awesome. I think, yeah, yeah. Is that it's band like this? Yep. Might be band this. Uh, I I I don't even know what what parts are what parts. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just remember that part. That was like, I, and I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Harris. But I just remember thinking, man, why can't no, I have that song? You know, it was just mm -hmm. so good. But maybe it just dawned on me now. Maybe it's because of the the freestylers had their tricks or their group of tricks for like a contest run so perfectly done. You know. Mm -hmm. easier to I, put a song I, to it kind of thing yeah i, I mean i did i've toured with rodney and i toured with kevin harris and per willander and i just remember god i just remember i don't ever think i saw kevin harris ever fall it was like this perfectly done routine you know and you could do it anywhere and it was just perfect and flawless super like it just people that weren't even into skateboarding were like just super entertained by like holy crap this is this is like this cool little performancing this guy's doing which is rad but, yeah cameron yeah. has an interesting blog post or something like that larry you showed it to me once. yeah it was a story he wrote kind of about the end of his powell experience yeah um i think it's for the the next video he was living in new york city and he had someone film a part for him and he submitted the footage to powell and stacy didn't want to use it because he felt it was a little too uh lo-fi compared to you know like well, and also uh, he was he was incorporating more kind of street stuff into it as well. Yeah, the um, the part is he has well, it online. It's in this story. He's he's riding kind of that traditional freestyle board, but he's mm -hmm. completely street skating. He's not doing any kind of pogos or he's just flatland. Yeah. He's doing ollie manuals and big spins where it looks like you know a street skating part, but he's riding it, and then so. Stacy didn't want to use his footage and he got mad and wrote a, this really mean letter to Stacy. I was like, people don't want to see this high produced stuff anymore. And 
you know, little segues of, you know, weird masks and, you know, artsy <laughs> stuff. They just want to see tricks. And so that he ended up getting booted off because he wrote this mean letter and stuff. I can't remember all the details, yeah. but he says he kind of felt bad about writing that. Yeah. Letter. Now he kind of regrets it yeah. real bad or whatever, but well, especially since the stuff Stacy's doing for him is really just helping him. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at that time, who really wants to watch freestyle unless it's Rodney or something? Yeah. But all the shots in this are just awesome. Like the whole part is just shot really well. Yeah, I love it. And I heard, uh, I, I don't know if it's true, but I heard that um, that this highway was like under construction or something. Mm. And that's why there's no cars. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I remember thinking he was, he was, I think he was, he was going to school. He was, and I, I remember that was another thing. Like, I think he was kind of, go, I forget what he was going after, but I was going like, oh man, you are, you, you are trying to totally do the Rodney thing. Like you're, <laughs> you're well-educated and I think you're on your way to becoming a rocket scientist or something. I forget what it was, but he was like, oh my God, you're like so into Rodney. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, that that's, you know, that, that was my take on it, but I go, he that's you know that that's what he he was and he did but i just remember yeah he's he seemed like a super intelligent um guy i oh, i was like him he was really cool so that was the last powell freestyle model that ever came out i'm pretty sure was his yeah yeah yeah, yeah the i mean statue not, not counting the, the yeah not counting the the reissued stuff in yeah. its original form yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah it's pretty crazy man you know to go from like the early days of these videos where it was just tons of freestyle to like and then even in band this you know they, they were still it was still freestyle heavy and it was like they're still there you know in this one they're still they're sticking to their guns but it's like yeah you know that ship is going down you know mm -hmm. yeah i would love to see the other footage that he did of what he was doing because that's basically what rodney did you know rodney still has his spin around flip around chicks but was it rubbish heap that he had his first like kind of street sequence yes. i think still writing like a freestyle board but yeah. he started yes. you know more 360 flips, more, you know, everything else to to what the future was holding. And it's rather that he he kind of had a part where he's like, oh, I'm going to do more street stuff now, too. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll send you guys the link so you can. Oh, that'd be that awesome. Out. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see that. All right. So we're going to take a break here and we'll have to come back for a part two coming very soon. But I want to thank Mark Nisbet and Steve Size for joining us today. This has been awesome. Incredible discussions here today so we will be back soon with part two and we'll see you soon thanks guys man it's fun all right thank yeah. you thank guys. you guys for real right. we'll talk to you guys soon wow that was awesome getting to talk to mark and steve all about propaganda we didn't really get that far into the video but uh we'll be back soon with a with a part two what do you think are we gonna are we gonna be able to wrap it in two i don't know yeah i don't think so i think it's gonna be a three-parter <laughs> It's amazing that we can talk for that long and make that little of a dent. <laughs> yeah, we kind of video. We kind of got chatty in the beginning before yeah. we really got to our little scene by scene breakdown or whatever, but it's that's all okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. No, that was great. Yeah. Was super fun. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we're here once again. It's the Bones Brigade audio show mailbag. And it is. We got so much feedback on our music episode, the previous episode to this one. It just blew doors off any kind of res response to any other episode, which was very surprising because yeah, we had that episode in our back pocket for a while for like a little emergency 
episode yeah. because we knew at some point there'd be like a scheduling or you know someone's traveling or whatever you know so we kind of had to break that one out early and wasn't really expecting too much off it because we didn't really yeah kind of plan for that but wow people really enjoyed that and came together uh, yeah yeah kind of like how we were shocked we didn't really know about those songs it seems like the world at large didn't know that either yeah it, yeah we definitely got more more feedback on this episode than geez i mean maybe anything, all, anything. All, all, all like several episodes combined we yeah we have we have so much that we can't really possibly get to it all and some of the correspondence that we got was very very in-depth very wordy you know long emails not just i mean it so all that's to say just to preface this there will be i believe a part two so some people did reach out and let us know about other songs yeah that are cover songs which blew me away and I've done some light compare. I haven't gone too deep on it, but yeah, the, the similarities are there. You know, they're yeah. obviously cover songs. Um, so we, we won't mention what those are. We'll kind of keep those locked, locked tight for, you know, we'll do a music episode part two, comparing the songs like we did. Yep. And, uh, we'll, we'll have that at some point. There might be more content for part two than we even have for part one based yeah. on the feedback that we got. Yeah, I even left one song I was aware of out of part one, just because it's from a video that we have yet to cover. So I thought I would just keep that for a rainy day for part two at some point. Yeah. But man, crazy. I almost suspect that all the music in band this, if it's not Skate Master Tate or Chuck Treese, I think it might all be cover songs. I think you might be right. Yeah, because a lot of the other ones that people brought forth are from band this yeah who knows man yeah interesting so before stuff. we get into the mailbag though we have to we have to talk about the the elephant not the elephant in the room it's kind of an elephant in the room right we, yeah. we we went on about how nobody left us a verbal whatever email, voicemail yeah voicemail we talked that's about it. it a little a bit verbal email show yeah that's where i went i didn't say voicemail i said yeah. verbal yeah so we were wrong about that. And as, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, we actually did get a couple. And yeah. One of them was a mailbag I, I, stinger, a stinger. Somebody yeah. gave us a, a little bit of a stinger. So since we don't have, we've gone this long, we're on episode 18. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to debut a stinger for you for the, for the bones. <laughs> by uh, a mailbag. listener from Seattle. Oh heck. Or is it Portland? I can't remember, but his name is, barnacle brian and he has recorded this stinger for us so ladies and gentlemen here is the debut of the bones brigade audio show mailbag stinger and now the bones brigade audio show mailbag wow that was that was incredible barnacle brian barnacle brian you can't no relation to uh, yeah. to eggplant Jimmy, I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, Barnacle Brian, dude, thank you, yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah, super I mean, cool. That for, people yeah. just take time out to do yeah to do stuff, do, like, do that. stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep that one in uh, in the rotation for sure. Definitely. So thanks. All right. So should we get into it? Yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, we got a lot. How many? You, okay. Well, I you just do know. what you're, we you're a, comfortable we with. Bunch. Yeah, okay. we got. It's fine. We'll, we'll hack through them. So, 
on the video tunes episode, like we just said, lots of feedback on that. We have Natalie A. And she writes, uh, so yeah, the music episode was amazing. I work in TV production and a method of not dealing with copyright issues is buying the sheet music officially from the songwriter performing it yourself. Mm. The fact, yeah, the fact that they, that we're selling the videos changed that a little bit, but the songwriters are usually not going to go after people for that. Record companies own the recorded music, and they're the ones with the big lawyer teams that like to make everything a headache. Side-related note, the genius of Dr. Dre was that he invented the interpolation technique of hip-hop sampling. He got sick of paying too much for getting in trouble for samples, so he'd get the rights from the songwriter, who was usually broke because the record label screwed them over. Wow. Uh, he'd have a session band replay the parts he needed exactly as they were on the original record, and then he'd sample that into a normal hip-hop production. Uh, that Rick Rubin song was easy to reproduce because in the early days of hip hop, everything came from about 30 to 40 different albums that most people in the world knew. You all mentioned the song sounding like Chuck Treese. From watching the more early 90s videos, I think Powell or Stacy just had a bunch of Chuck Treese pre-recorded loops and they had a few friends that understood production and would just incorporate those riffs over drums and other samples. I think three songs in the video, in video eight, all have that same guitar. Interesting. I can yeah. kind of... Well, I'm thinking of Celebrity Tropical Fish, where there's kind of maybe a situation like that, where uh, there's kind of a guitar riff driven song that maybe appears a few times, but I haven't watched that in a while. We'll get to that one soon, but that, that kind of rings a bell, like something like yeah. that might be going on. But he mentioned that they would reach out to the songwriter. So who who's the songwriter in The Cure? Robert Smith? Does Powell call up I'm, Robert I'm, Smith and be like, can we buy the sheet music for, I don't know, you know, a know. song? Yeah, yeah weird. Who, who the knows? mystery will go on and on. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so thanks, that's, Natalie. Some, that's, some, Very cool. that's some great insight on how yeah, some of that works. For um, sure. Uh, we got Daniel S. And he says, first off, I love your show. Hands down, my favorite podcast. Thank wow. you, Daniel. Yeah, always mind-blowing. Yeah, I've now listened to every episode and have re-listened to several too. I skated from 88 to 93, but started again at 40 and haven't stopped since. I'm now 43. I have always bought old VHS tapes and stumbling across an old copy of Ban This on eBay around 2018 reignited my love of skating. I started checking out the old videos again and listening to the skate podcast before eventually buying a board. The 80s Bones Brigade videos are my favorites and I still watch them regularly. So I love the way you guys go into such detail over each part of each one. The stories your guests and both of you tell and the general passion for skating you all still have. Uh, thanks, man. I love the video tunes episode you just put out. Best of luck with all future episodes. I hope you guys keep the podcast going for a long time. Much love and respect. And uh, Daniel... Uh, I will point out, uh, listed a ton of entries for the next video. Uh, That's right. Yep. For the next video tunes episode. We, like I said, we won't, or like Larry said, we're not going to go into them here because we don't want to spoil them all, save those for the episode, but we will credit accordingly when the episode drops. So yep. thank you, yep. Daniel. Super awesome. And yeah, man, like how cool, dude. Like the fact that we're anybody's favorite podcast is crazy. And, yeah, yeah, it's a and, nice uh, feeling. Very cool, man. So uh, one more for the video tunes uh, feedback. Peter writes, I'm a big fan of the BBAS and enjoy learning more about each video as you two unravel some of their mysteries. In your latest episode, the uh, You Don't Know Mojack podcast was mentioned. Larry mm -hmm. yep, sort of yep. cited that as a uh, blueprint for this show. Now in that pod's latest show, they mentioned Ban This, Thrasher, Skate Rock, Chuck Treese, Tommy G., and many 
more other skate-related entities. Always fun to hear a little more about the things we've all enjoyed for so long. Never stop searching. Nice. So, yeah, that's awesome. What was that? Uh, what yeah. was that? Did you listen to it? Yeah, I think their most recent one is uh, the Blast album, uh, Take the Manic Ride. Okay. So I haven't listened to that one yet, but I think that's their latest one as of receiving that email. So that must be the one. Um, cool. Cool. But that's in my playlist. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but I will listen to that at some point. And maybe I should even just reach out to those guys and say hi and maybe yeah. show them the episode where we we mentioned them. Yeah. Sure they'd or be we, where we that. talk about how we yeah. completely taken their yeah, idea. Yeah, we ripped off their idea. Us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they call, there's a couple other, you know, record label based podcasts that have kind of taken their formula and mm -hmm. done it about other record labels where we kind of took it and did it about Paul Peralta skate videos. But so they call those other two record label podcasts, their sister podcast. So they're all very friendly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, it's yeah. all good. We're all, we're all just nerds for different things. Exactly. So um, at the end of the video tunes episode, we, we asked, uh, listeners to, to tell us a little bit about their first crappy department store skateboard. That's right. And we got yeah. a bunch of feedback on that as well. So we'll get into that real fast here. Jeremy K, who I'm assuming is Jeremy Klein. <laughs> it must be. Uh, he, he writes, uh, love the show. I too started after watching Back to the Future in 1985. Got my first plastic board, then a DSC, which in parentheses says Dominion Skate Company. I have heard of that. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, yeah. Uh, used uh, used board from a kid in the neighborhood, which I spray painted neon green and put a Thrasher bumper sticker on the bottom. Way to go. My first pro complete was a yellow Hasoy Mini, the one with the Hasoy doing a rocket air on it. Red and black gullwing magnesiums and Hasoy rockets. Pretty slick. Love the show. It's so fun to hear about all that went into these videos. Uh, these were a big part of my childhood. My favorite Paul video is probably public domain, especially Rubber Boys and Mike V. I, I'm 48 and still skate with my son. It's still super fun. Keep up the great work. So yeah, thanks, Jeremy awesome. Klein. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. Super cool. I love skateboarding is multi-generational now. It's, it is. It's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and when I was a kid, and you know, we're all, it seems like, you know, a lot of these, you know, we're all kind of in our mid to late 40s, a lot of these you know, we are, and you mm -hmm. know, a lot of these, and these things we get. And it's like, uh, you know, when I was a kid and when you were a kid, you know, the idea of like your dad, like your dad taking you to a skate park was not unfathomable, but he wouldn't be skating with you. He'd be yeah. sitting there like reading the newspaper or something. Yeah. So exactly. The fact that like, yeah, we're entering this phase where like, we're now the grownups and we're skating with our kids. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. wild. Yeah. And it goes to show that skateboarding is indeed the fountain of youth, just in case anybody is not clear on that. Yeah, that is the so, truth. My dad um, did try to ride my skateboard once and he yeah. slammed super hard. He completely, <laughs> he maybe three seconds on it, just standing still and then phew, complete Wilson shot, and out. Just yeah. shot out. Yeah. And went yeah. down in the driveway. <laughs> it's kind of scary. <laughs> well, Hey, somebody's got to, we got to, somebody's got to pioneer that and it's us. Yeah. Yep. yep. So Mike writes, I also got my first board because of Back to the Future. Popular. Um, yeah. It was an Iron Maiden Purgatory board. Like, sign me up for that. Yeah. Uh, then my brother came home with the Lucero Demon Bars deck, and I immediately borrowed, well, stole that, and began rolling. Saw the search for Animal Chin shortly after that, and my skate life was forever changed. 
Got a psycho stick with black gullwing trucks and green slime ball wheels that year for Christmas and never looked back. Seriously, second best I would ever receive. I mean, really, what beats an Atari 2600 for Christmas in 82? So, yeah, for sure. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Hey, real quick, though, talking about yeah. Back to the Future. So I've said that I got in the skateboarding on from Back to the Future, and it was like this whole kind of like group kids my age got into it you know, like my buddies and other kids at school, it was where I lived, like back to the future was like this catalyst, right? So everyone was always citing like, oh, how'd you get in this game? I saw back to the future. And then when I moved to California, you know, and it was making friends and sometimes it would come up like, oh, how'd you get in the skating? And I'd be like, I saw back to the future. And they'd be like, what? Really? And I could never figure out. So all of a sudden, like the back to the future thing, like kind of went away. And I was thinking, I think maybe skateboarding is just more ingrained in Southern California culture where it's always totally, kids, you just grow yeah. up kind of knowing about it, you know, yeah. but more and more over the last few years, I've heard the back to the future origins from a lot of people again, like it's yeah. starting to come yeah. around, but so like lived in New York. Yeah. Back to the future, moved to California. Like, yeah back to the future are you crazy what are you some kind of poser you know and then yeah, now yeah. it's just like oh back to the future yeah awesome yeah. well we haven't gotten to this part yet but you know sean mortimer cites back to the future in propaganda so we'll hopefully get there next episode yeah yeah but yeah no i mean it's you know it just goes to show how hard it was to find stuff back in those days you just had to kind of like be introduced to it you know yeah, you, yeah everyone you know there was no social media there was no instagram you just sort of like had to find it where you found it yeah and so for a lot of people skateboarding you know it was back to the future like where else are you gonna see it yeah you know? it wasn't on tv on sunday afternoons right. on espn yeah. or whatever yeah yeah so we got michael w he writes rad new episode on those tunes funny how the volterra skate zombie makes an appearance in the final seconds of the episode i collect that graphic and even reissued it licensed from the artist on my own company so you can check that out at skatezombiefanclub.com everybody if you oh, like wow. all the best michael so thank you and yeah that graphic rules straight yeah. up rules the guy yeah. that drew it i believe was an artist for maybe tnc or something like that oh, he did wow, some stuff okay. for uh the name you know, does sound kind of familiar yeah i just can't so, place it right now yeah yeah so one more for the uh, first skateboard thing uh, ben B writes, hey, guys, just finished the latest episode. Awesome as usual. Also had to comment on Matt's first deck. I had that same deck in the same colorway, and it was my all-time favorite. I searched for it for over 20 years and finally found someone who had it in their collection last year and managed to trade for it. So isn't that funny the lengths you'll go to as an adult to find these things that you had as a kid that were just absolutely worthless for so many years that you wouldn't have even thought about? Yeah, but it was, you know, and now it, you, you get older and you're like, I have to have my Veriflex voodoo back. Like, yeah, I have to have it. I'll pay a, hundreds of dollars for it or whatever, you know, for this thing that was 1899, you know, that was given away at garage sales for 20 years. And then, you know, it just got rare and then people want yeah. them back. Yeah. You, know? you can take anything away for 20 or 30 years and then it becomes yeah. like priceless. I know. Like, Isn't that funny? I often find myself on eBay looking up the spider-man light switch cover i had in my bedroom growing up <laughs> i was looking for a uh i had a I, san I, jose, I had a san jose sharks trash can 
I seen like, you posting about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and like I want I you know, it's just like one of those things where like I have no use for it, but like I just want it back. Yeah. And I, I would know. buy I would rebuy this light switch cover, but we don't have light switches like that. We you know, yeah. for the little skinny narrow ones, and now we have yeah. those big fat yeah, wide the big ones. bulky ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Damn. you know, I could buy it, but then, you know, you have to rewire your, yeah, your maybe room. I'll go buy an old light switch. And yeah, there you go. Rig it all up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. And just a couple more. Sorry, everybody. This is a long one. We, we just got some That's good right. ones. Yeah. Let's, you know, whatever, we'll man. We're going yeah. to bust them out. So Scott R, he writes, love your podcast. Heard about it from a Facebook skateboarding group a week ago, and I'm listening as fast as I can catch up. I actually reached out to Larry on Facebook as I met him in New Jersey during the Mike V tour with Bill Danforth and Dwayne Peters. Mm. Got on the Mike V tour bus too. I made a video with my friends back in the eighties, taking the theme of animal chin. It's long and definitely not as exciting, but we finally found chin. And then in parentheses, it says who is actually our skater friend ring. <laughs> so ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, search for animal ring. The, <laughs> the search is over. Animal chin has been discovered. Is a guy named Ring from New Jersey. From New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, I remember yeah. I remember meeting Scott. Yeah. Do you really? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. We got to talk about some. Well, we'll get into this another time. But some tales from the Mike V, Dwayne Peters, Bill Danforth tour would be pretty. Yeah. Pretty. That was a wild one. That was a thirty demos in thirty days tour. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of skateboarding. Did you skate on that tour? Or were you just? Well, I mean, I skated, but not yeah. in the demos. I was the. I don't know what you would call it, the announcer or the. Oh, so you announced you emceed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, I was the cool. the tour manager and the MC. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. Nice. All right, man. So last one, and I'm I'm saving this for last because I thought this was the one of the coolest ones we've ever received. So okay. we got a guy a guy named Gabriel P, and he writes as a skater that came up back in '87. Your podcast really takes me back. Listening to the public domain episode now where Per Wellender is in the conversation. And in 88, I got the Wellender freestyle to compliment my street deck. I sent a letter to Powell to, per, to send to Per Wellender asking what the runes meant. And weeks later, he sent me a package of the newsletter slash poster and a hand-signed postcard that read, Gabe, skate fast. My graphic says, search and strive, push beyond with strength. Yours, not theirs. That is the key. Powell's marketing savvy was unparalleled at that time. I went on to get the Valley Elephant and Street Bones for Christmas. Thanks for all your hard work. Wow. So, the runes, that is a great message they have on there. I always wondered what that said. And who knows, you know, if, if Pear, maybe he put something different anytime. Yeah, anybody he just asked, made it up, some, something but positive or whatever. That's pretty awesome. So yeah. I, I've always wondered that too. It's one of my favorite graphics. And, you know, back in the day, you'd sit there and you'd scrutinize the bottom of a skateboard graphic for any weird little thing you could find. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the runes definitely were one of those things where you're like, what is this? You yeah. know, what does it all mean? Yeah, so, I yeah. almost didn't know, you know, being so young and maybe it was just, you know, weird yeah, just, just made up who knows lettering. yeah you, yeah you guessing like oh what does this say you know right yeah. yeah or you're trying to figure out if it says anything in english and some yeah, kind of weird broken weird. alphabet yeah. yeah exactly so yeah yeah there it is if you guys are wondering we now know we know what it says search and strive push beyond with strength yours not theirs that is the key there you go so well awesome. graphic from yeah. the horse's mouth and that my friends is the end of the mailbag and there was more 
Yeah. There was, there was tons more. Yeah. But we can't get to it all, unfortunately. We might come back to some of it at the end of the next episode. For sure. Um, but for for now, we're gonna we're gonna call it. Yeah. Because my my voice can't take anymore. All right. If you'd like to send us a message, you can do so by going to our website at thebonesbrigadeaudioshow.com. Click on the contact page, just type it in and hit send, and we will receive it. And of course, I'll plug it again. There's that little black microphone button. You can just click on that and record us a voicemail, and then we can play your message on the show. So if you want to try that, give it a shot. And... That's about it. So everyone go watch propaganda. Send us some thoughts about propaganda. You know, we didn't get too far into talking about the video today, but feel free to uh, just hit us up. Also, uh, you know, if you have any, if you have any, uh, any questions that you have always wanted answered, you know, if there's anything that's been bugging you, you know, let us know if you think, you know, Steve might have the answer or whatever, you know, like we'll ask, we'll see if we can get to the bottom of it for you. Alrighty, that's it for this episode. We will be back soon with Propaganda Part 2. But until then, I'm Larry. I'm Matt. Reminding you to never stop searching for Chin. Have a great night. Mm -hmm.